Hello, hello, hello. We are back here on the Go Parade. Is there anybody out there? Just not if you can hear me. <laughs> is there anyone at all? At all. Um, I can't believe this is still happening. I know we say that at the beginning of every episode, but it seems like a totem that we should go ahead and continue. Yeah, no, I mean, we're just we're just surprised. Always surprised, always surprised that we still have something to talk about, even though the importance of those things might be dwindling. We are still here to bring you the the highest echelon of entertainment that one could Absolutely. possibly muster. Absolutely. So thank you to the listeners. This is episode seven. So wow. sadly, we've officially been doing this longer in quarantine than outside of it. No, don't tell me that. I didn't want to do the math. I know it's it's a little bit of a bummer. I haven't seen your actual face in what feels like ages. It's actually been two months. We're approaching the two month mark because right. um, late February, early March, I flew out to Chicago to take a road trip back to LA, and right, right before that is when I saw you. So we are definitely approaching the eight week mark. So and that's not fair. We didn't even see each other for weeks before when we could have. No, we didn't, and we took that for granted. As we now know, we took everything for granted in our lives. I'm not letting you road trip without me this next time. No, dude, we're only traveling together from here on out, and we're going to have a hot mic in the car no matter where we go. That'll be good. We're going to do a podcast across the country. We'll read Kerouac to each other. Then please no. Please. (laughs) (laughs) We can't afford to live in San Francisco. We can't afford to even pretend like we're part of the beat community. I mean, it's just seven square miles built on a landfill. That's yeah. Doesn't that sound fun? God, it it, it feels good. Nothing That's feels not good fair. right it's, now. It's 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 quite the city. I just have I don't know why I have so much animosity. I think it's just an LASF thing. I think that's what is it, it is. I think it's an internal California thing. You know, like people from Oakland hate SF. People from LA hate New York. People from you know, it's just that type of like pissing contest right. from city to city. But I will say, it does feel good not to be in San Francisco right now. Right, it got hit a little harder than us. It did, but can you imagine? We were just talking about rent before we decided to roll. Oh, right. And can you imagine paying $2,700 for a walk-in closet in the Tenderloin right now of San Ooh. Francisco? Yeah. yeah. Rough, nowhere, nowhere to go. So if you're listening and you live in San Francisco, we're sorry for you and with you, and we are here to bring you a little bit of light and brevity uh, with this but episode even, seven today. Yeah, even compared comparatively new york i mean i have a lot of friends in new york and they're just soldiers right now for sure because that's scary that is really scary i've got we got lucky here in a lot of ways i mean i don't want to speak too soon you know it's still happening very much but i feel like we really did like just to give an example when i talk to my parents who are more rural they're in central oregon they ask about it because they haven't really seen any of it at all there's been no cases. Well, yeah, and, they're in the sticks, right? You know, and they're 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 open minded. They're like, so do you think this is a good idea to, for everything to close down like it is? And I tell them, down here, it could have been so much worse a month and a half ago, and we closed down completely. And yeah, people are freaking out because they want to go back to work, but we did the right thing. Absolutely. I, I mean, we saw so much less death than New York State and New York City, so. completely and also i mean but now like southern california as is you've got a bunch of these orange Countyans who are like protesting outside the dairy queen yes (laughs) like don't take my freedoms away what have you have you you know know the comedian tim robinson yeah 
he did uh, a fake Fox News thing where he ran like the protest and it was somebody being like, I need to get my lawn stuff. And then some girl being like, I need to go to the salon to get my hair. And then he jumps in like a fake one of those guys is like, this is when I usually start to get my Halloween stuff. <laughs> like, you're telling me I can't get my Halloween stuff? If I can't go to the Spirit Halloween store in the abandoned Circuit City down the street, that is not part of my fucking constitution, man. <laughs> I love it. It's absurd. Yeah. Well, so. Cam, it's good to hear a voice. I can't see you right now. Yeah. You know, for if, it, if it's your first episode tuning in, Cam and I are still doing this over FaceTime audio. Uh, but that being said, Cam, I know you look handsome today, even though I, did. I can't I, I see showered. I always, you, I was, I shaved yesterday. You look so good, clean shaven. Like you uh, look yeah. like you look like a glazed donut as soon as they come off the Krispy Kreme line. <laughs> well, it's because I Facetime with my family on Thursdays. That's our thing now. Um, and my sister hates when I have any sort of facial hair. She says it looks like I've been getting into the heroin. And getting like into I, the heroin, nice. she just says it looks like I've just been doing heroin because it's just it looks bad. I just I have. mean any any dude with a beard in the beginning stages looks like the Unabomber, just un yeah unkept. Right, yes, like right before the Unabomber got caught when he was in his shack. That's kind of what to you bring look it back like. to you though. I mean, you always look classy, so I'm, I imagine you're looking real good over there. Maybe I'm not looking too up. good, dude. You know, my eyes are puffy from crying 26 hours a day. Right, uh, that's for, unavoidable for global distress, and um, I've been doing nothing but eating cheesecake. And oh, that sounds delicious. It is delicious, but it's really adding to my calorie count. Um, I'm not one of those dudes that fakes a personality by working out all the time. So, uh, you know, this is... Uh, Sounds I'm, exhausting. Yeah, it's super exhausting. But you know what's not exhausting? Talking to my fucking best dude, bro. Yeah, so, talking about tunes with your buds. Tunes with your buds. Also, right before we uh, pressed record on this, right before we started to roll... There was right. a little B-roll, and you gave me some good news. Let's tell the people the good news. Me and me and the and the wife. The wife. There's. Can one. you say her name? This is Jess- the episode where my you wife, say Jessica. Jessica. You don't say your wife. You just say Jessica the whole episode. Okay. I'll, I we never call each other by our name, so it feels really weird. In fact, what do you guys heard, call each other? What are your pet names? A bunny usually, or all sorts of variations of that. Wait, gets, you call her gets, bunny, or we Jessica call each calls other. you? Oh. Every, we we're each bunny. We're both bunny. Different breeds of bunny? Like, do you I don't call think we've her ever Jack Rabbit and she calls you Peter Cottontail or it's something? It's like bunny and then buns or bun. Wow. Variations on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're married, everything gets really weird. You're just like, you just call each other whatever comes to the top of your mind. Nothing, there's no wrong answers. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to have an Same with our cat. Our cat's, bunny our conversation. Cat's, our cat's name is whatever we currently say, whatever we throw at him, you know? So, bunny. Tell everyone your <laughs> your good news. Yeah, so we decided, you know, we had a little extra bunny, and we, we were, we've been bored, the quarantine. It feels like everybody's got video games. We never, we're not huge gaming people. Ne- but nor we, am I, but there is one system that there still stands There is one system that I'm nostalgic for. So yes. I pulled the trigger. I've been looking at it on eBay for cheap prices all whole quarantine, and I finally pulled the trigger on an N64. Yes! <laughs> How many controllers did you get? I, she got an extra controller, and she got a couple games, and the one I got came with a controller and a three-game pack of GoldenEye, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and Diddy Kong Racing. Dude, that's all you need, minus Mario that, I'm Kart. I'm like, that's... Yeah, well, she got Mario Kart and the Super Mario World, the N64 one, because she's big into Mario. So we have, like, a great starter pack. Too. Wait, did you get Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 or 2? 1. Dude, uh, that's I, I a good deal. 
I don't remember one. I mean, I was big into two, but no, uh, one I'm sure is it's the great. OG. That's the yeah, Holy the Grail. Yeah, that's right. I've I've looked. I also have an N sixty four. I've had one for a few years. Actually, I think I bought one for myself on my birthday about five years ago. I woke up on March twenty fifth and I was incredibly hungover because I was still drinking at the time and I had right. nothing to do that day. And it was my birthday and I don't have any friends. Obviously, we've established that on this podcast. Right. Um, so I went out after finding something on Craigslist and I bought one with four controllers, GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Mario Party 1 through 3, just like, Ooh. oh, dude, yeah. I, I I'm really, going to have to look into those Mario Parties. That sound like fun. Mario Party's great just because it's almost like the background music of video games. Right. See, um, I, I remember N64 well because it was what I was into, but all the games I was into, it was mostly GoldenEye. I mean, it was like 90% GoldenEye. But all the other ones I liked, I, I don't remember if they're really good, like Turok the Dinosaur Hunter or no, Rush Turok 2. No, Turok doesn't hold up. I will no. tell you, yeah, there's a few games that Duke I tried Nukem. that do not. Do, actually, Nukem's sick, dude. Nukem 64 is a nasty-ass journey through like the the shadier parts of your childhood. Right, because, I remember as a kid, like my, my mom wouldn't let me get Duke Nukem because like, there's was, there was, like, titties in it. Well, yeah, I mean, of course they were like fragmented blocky boobs, but you could go into a peep theater and like sit down as Duke Nukem and he'd be like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be one of those (laughs) things. So of course it wasn't appropriate at that age. Uh, Maybe even less appropriate at this age. They're like, keep playing the game where you're a spy and you kill just tons of people in different settings. Yeah, you can't see blocky boobies, but make sure that you can be James Bond. Speaking of GoldenEye, and I hope the people listening out there know exactly how excited or why we're so excited about this conversation. Because you can't can't play GoldenEye anywhere else. Like It's stuck in N64 forever. It never advanced. They never made another GoldenEye that was as good. So you can only play GoldenEye on N64. Arguably, and I'm a huge Bond fan. I was never into superheroes as a kid. I was always a James Bond guy. And uh, Pierce Brosnan's first installment, GoldenEye, is the best out of his entire career as James Bond. But the question for you is what is on multiplayer in James Bond's GoldenEye for Nintendo 64, what is your favorite level and weapon of choice? Power weapons in the complex. Nice, dude. See, I'm just a rocket. An, just annihilate everybody, but tons of body armor, so it takes forever for See, you to kill See, that's rad. I'm, I'm a huge rocket launcher in the temple kind of guy. Oh, but I like nasty. license that's to kill. I don't really like regular as long, gameplay. As long as you're not the proximity mine kid. No, uh, definitely assholes. not. Oh, no, you're, you're a narc. You're a narc or, if you're or, either the proximity mine or the or remote this, mine guy. Or the slappers only. It's nope. like, come on, this is exhausting. Yeah, we're or not if you're that. like, you're the marksman kid that was like, we're doing golden guns. It's like, well, that's not fun either. No, like, and you're you dead immediately. The rule still stands. You cannot be odd job, and you cannot be Jaws. You can't oh, be either. Man, of those, those are characters. the two best to be. No, you can't because odd job is so small as far as height in the game. Dude, I mean, it's all about ca- it's all about being odd job. To be honest, you're the guy who <laughs> plays odd job every time. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> okay. Well, man, when this is over, you're coming over, and, and oh, we'll dude, see what's we up. Are, we are going to involve ourselves in a tournament of champions. Um, that's what we're, gl- we, that's what made me and and Jessica uh, pull the trigger on buying it. Is we're like after this is done, when we could have people over again, it's going to be so much fun to be like come over and play N64. Wait, hold on, who's Jessica? Oh, you're talking about Bunny. Oh, Bunny, sorry. Yeah. I, okay, yeah, well, I'll say Bunny. Yeah, no, I yeah. That, I that's more, I'm more. Okay. I'm more into that. Now, now that we're on the same page with Bunny. Um, so that's okay, a little good. bit of good news. A little bit okay. of good news. We got some video game talk out of the way. Good. 
Yeah. Uh, this is a music podcast. Wait, we should probably talk about some music. There's we been a lot of music that's come out. There had oh my god, dude! Music is uh, new releases are basically just an avalanche right now. Um, uh, yeah, which is um, a beautiful thing. It's 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 a little difficult to keep up um, for me as you and you and I are both retired and much older in our years. We don't have the same. Um, you know, vitality that we used to for keeping up with new releases, but there has been some really amazing material coming out. Yeah. I mean, I, I've kept up pretty well. I, I, I have a quarantine playlist where I'm just popping everything I've wanted to hear into it. And then also more locally, um, so many artists have been releasing stuff because of the Bandcamp uh, Fridays once a month, which uh, this comes out on Wednesday, but we're recording it actually on the Friday of a uh, May 1st when the, the band camp waves, waves their fees, which they're going to do every first Friday for the next three months. Oh, really? So, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Yeah, so so many artists today have uh, put out exclusives, little demos, B-sides, little little projects that and all the money goes to the artist. That's incredible. I didn't know that they were going to waive the fees every first Friday. I mean, it yeah, seems like it's great. It, it seems like nowadays, especially with so much time on our hands, we all have the opportunity to call each new coming day, like national blank day. Um, right. <laughs> so I didn't know, of course I woke up this morning, went on Instagram and everyone's like, go buy shit from Bandcamp." But I didn't know, <laughs> is that every year on May 1st that they do no, that? They, they just started doing that because of the, because of the pandemic. I mean, they did the first one a month ago when it first started and it was so successful that they're like, I mean, artists can make a lot of money that way, you know? That's I'm gonna have to. Uh, Cowgirls doesn't even have a Bandcamp yet. I, I'm, I'm Bandcamp's so, great. It's it's a true, as I say, musician's friend. You know, that's incredible. I'm so glad that they're doing that. I mean, obviously, people, all all types of people, like businesses as people, individuals as people, um, everyone's trying to make as much money as possible right now. So the fact that these larger corporations or these larger platforms are giving us or like people like us, the opportunity to get dough straight into the pocketbooks without taking whatever fee they do. Um, that's, that's a, it, it, it feels like, I don't know. It just feels like empathy is resurging already. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's truly what the best thing we can get out of this or a start. <laughs> it's a know? good start. It's yeah. a great start. Yeah. So, but I, mean, so I was going to say, speaking of starting, should we just jump into tunes? But it sounds like you were about to say something incredibly important. No, I was going to talk about about tunes on a more national level, because since we've talked, I mean, we had the PodFest last, last time, and so we haven't actually talked about music coming out on the national level in a while, and there's been so much that just before we jump into your tune, I just want to, have you heard like the new Fiona Apple album? I've listened to a couple of select tracks. I'm, I'm such a weird album guy. Um like it, it, it takes me about six months to listen to an album and it's usually right. only because I want to wait until the noise dies down a little bit to approach that. it. Um, like it took me, I just year. realized that nothing is less interesting than two white males talking about the new Fiona Apple album. So maybe we shouldn't it, even, <laughs> it might be interesting. It's an incredible record from what I've heard. Of yeah, it. no, I, I've, I've been impressed, but I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say from the background standpoint because I was, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a seasoned fan. I don't think you have to be a seasoned fan for someone like Fiona Apple. Um, because she has such a mainstay in pop culture, like the, the fact that she's, you know, basically the wallpaper or the foundation for what a lot of people have based their own careers or creative tastes on. Like you can listen to that new record without having anything to go back to just because she's such a badass. 
You right. know what I mean? Like she's always been a pillar of uniqueness and individuality. Um, and so approaching that album from a newcomer standpoint is maybe even more exciting than having a direct history with her. Yeah. You know, it's definitely been, been a great listen during this time. Um, also a big piece of music news, Dr. Dre's first, the chronic first album, the chronic is on Spotify. I saw that. So I that, saw that new release. That's been great. That I mean, has been great. I feel like uh, I just haven't heard it in a long time and it's just been wonderful. That was on my release radar. Uh, when I went on Spotify recently and I thought it was maybe a remaster, but then uh, upon further investigation, no, I it's realized never been on Spotify. It's never been on Spotify. I'm actually seeing a lot of things that have never been on Spotify now finally going through the process of being added, um, which is yeah. incredible. And I don't know if it's due to the times or well, it's weird like, when it's something, when an artist gets added on Spotify, it feels like, like a little mini milestone now, which is so backwards but it really does you're like oh like i remember when pink floyd was on spotify it was like and the, the beatles when the beatles were put on spotify it that's was like a, a big, big deal. deal that's we'll see from the beatles standpoint that's a big deal just for monetary reasons like there's so much money to be made off of the beatles catalog that uh you know at capital or emi or apple records whoever you know owns the 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 copyrights or the sound recordings to them now they withheld the Beatles from streaming services just right. because they knew that people were going to listen to the Beatles no matter what. Totally. So they were forced to go purchase the records as opposed to put them onto the streaming platform. Um, so it's a big deal when the Beatles get added. Uh, but it's also, it, it feels you're right. Like when the chronic, the OG chronic gets added, that feels like a big thing. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like a new record because you don't have to dig through your crates or go through your, like, you know, your downloaded files on your computer, on your iTunes to be able to listen to this thing anymore. It's at your fingertips once again. Yeah. Um, it's just right there. You were you ever speaking of releases that have kind of just been added to Spotify? Were you ever a Milo fan? Did you ever listen to Milo? Milo. Yeah, M Y L O. He's a that, I believe he was French and he was a dance producer. Um That sounds that had, familiar. He had a really big hit in around I think it was around 2005. It was called Drop the Pressure. Um mm. and it was a Daft Punk-esque kind of like electro club hit. Motherfucker gonna drop the pressure. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I yeah, believe. Yeah, you've heard I it before. Yeah. So this guy apparently went crazy, like started losing his hearing. Um, and and retreated from music altogether. But he had one record called Destroy Rock and Roll, and that's by Milo, and they just put it on Spotify. And if you need something to, like, jazzercise to in your apartment alone, do that. That is nice. my direct recommendation for there you. you go. So I love it when albums do get added that haven't been available, especially now because it, it, it does feel like a new record. Right. But again... That feeling is backwards because it's, it's like, so okay, backwards. Yeah. great. Now they will never make any money off this album again. Thank you for doing that. Well, what'd you bring? It's your, it's your episode. What'd you bring to the table? You got uh, a song? This episode, as my side B, the co-host to the Goat Parade's very own sultry-voiced post-punk king of Los Angeles, Cameron Demetric, as our host... And, and if, if this is your first time tuning in, he has a side A, I have a side B, since we do two a month. And then we get to pick, uh, you know, whatever corresponds with said episode. This mm. episode coming up in just a few short minutes or two hours, depending on how long we talk, which is sometimes way too long. Uh, we've got two new tunes. Um, we actually have three new tunes because uh -huh. Cam is 
Cam is playing two off of the new Mountain Goats record. They're back. It's going to be back to back. It's less than four minutes in its entirety. But uh, you can't make pr- me choose. You can't make me choose one. If it was up to me, I'd play the whole album. You know, dude, there me. are no rules anymore, Cameron. There are none. Yeah. Rules are yeah. fucking over. Yeah, so I mean, there really isn't. So why not? Let's listen you're to hear a couple songs. Back to back Mountain Goat tracks. You're going to hear uh, the new Blake Mills tune for me, which is. I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to the song. Um, since it's very calming. It. It's very it's, calming. But here, but also not. No, no. There's like, and we'll, oh, hell, we'll get to that yeah. in a second. But our but list this hit him week, with the list. Hit him with the list. Our, our listomania this. this week is a is a true torturous affair, especially Ooh. for Cam and I, because it is the top ten most guilty pleasure tracks that we could that 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 we could think of um, in our own catalogs. Um, in the annals of of what Cam and I listened to, Ooh boy. we picked we picked ten. It's going to be rough. Incredibly embarrassing songs that we actually still listen to. Believe it or I'm not, gonna, maybe. I, I I I told you this when you. I'm going to read the text I sent to you when you said that. I said I'm going to be crucified for these guilty pleasure tracks. Any shred of respect anyone has for me in regards to musical snobbery is going to be eradicated. <laughs> these tunes, I you know, I was trying to think of um, a metaphor or any type of symbolisms when I was making this list yesterday of the top 10 guilty pleasure tracks. And I really did feel like I had a boner in public <laughs> when I was putting these songs You were like together. looking around, you're like, Is it, I should close in the windows for these. Well, you know, when you're out and it's a hot day and you're feeling good and maybe like, you know, you're, uh, things are going on inside the body, a lot of chemical reactions. You don't really know what's going on. Maybe you're horny, maybe you're not, but you get that boner. And the only way to satiate it is to is to take care of it, but you're in public, so you can't do that without going to jail for a long time. Right. That's what these songs feel like. Okay, I was wondering exactly where that was going. <laughs> but it ended up being just fine. Um, uh, but now I have a boner talking right. about a boner in public. So let's let's yeah. let's just jump into the first tune, baby. Yeah. Let's do well, it. We'll get to how embarrassing this is soon, but it's Oh, there's going to be plenty be rough. to discuss. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm scared as hell. I'm scared about your your site cuz you're such a wild card with these lists. I can't even imagine what you have put together. You know this. what, dude? It feels pretty tame and I feel tame. Maybe tame. I'm going to be the wild maybe I'm the wild card this time cuz mine maybe are Maybe you not. are the wild card. I'm still going to have you go first. Because okay, it good. it feels like that's the that's the equation that we've been working off of. Wait, were you talking tame? I was talking tame. You listen to tame? tame. I can't say tame anymore without hearing dude the new tame. <laughs> I saw. <sighs> I swear, at Desert Days a couple years ago when they headlined and played for uh, twelve minutes, um, that's all I heard all weekend. Is people like, are you going to tame ladder? Tame, tame. What, what stage is tame? I think this is the, is this the second time we've talked about Tame in such a capacity on this podcast? Yeah, we'll start a side pod called Talkin' Tame. T- Talkin' Tame. <laughs> and we tame just get, time. we get blazed up and listen to like the, the like the bad ones, like the Tame Impala late albums, slow oh, they're jams. All bad. They're all bad to me, dude. And be like, that was Tame. Is that Tame? <laughs> all right. First song we're playing. I know very little about this artist. Although I know that he has been cherished uh, within the music community since his inception, maybe even just a few years ago, as the new hailing genius of of this type of uh, uh, genre, I, I feel like the only other artist in comparison might be um, like a like a James Blake 
kind of guy. Um, right. He's he's an because well, he's a he's a producer, right? It, he's a producer and an experimental songwriter. I think he's predominantly a guitarist, but he has produced um, quite a few records out there. Know very little about him because mm-hmm. he's he was rammed down my throat. Uh, by my drummer, Joey LaRosa, of whom we've talked about way too much on this podcast. But as we've been on the road the past he's year, your, he's... your wife. He's been, Yeah, he's basically my bunny. Right. Um, he's, he's forced every release by Blake Mills down my throat. And although I have been incredibly intrigued by each one of them, um, I stumbled across this new release by him uh, not even a week ago. And... Right, it says here it was released on Earth Day. So right, just that would have out. been the twenty second, I believe. Right? Yes, yes. Um, good. Glad we're naturalists and right. we know what Earth Day of course. is. Um, so I, I, because of my exposure to him from my drummer Joe, um, I decided to listen to this song, and there's just something so haunting and hopeful, and and the complete opposite of those two things. Right. Um, in this on track, the, it, on uh, on the genius, it uh, it says that it uh, summer all over the title of the song, a mercurial reflection on climate change. That's it. Definitely feels that way. It also feels. It. I mean, obviously, this song had to have been written before all of this started. Maybe not. Um, but it does seem like he has a new album coming out. So I yes, would imagine it that it was written before. But what appropriate timing to release a song like this because there's right. a lot of there's a lot of descriptive about, you know, taking part in a global affair of the weather lightning and everyone being able to shift their perspectives on seasonal gloom and go outside yeah. and take advantage of the globe. Right. Um, but there's also it it seems like a, a pretty progressive uh, or progression wise it seems pretty major but he throws in some minors in there too which mm-hmm. really make it they, they kind of evokes this feeling of like oh fuck we're actually all doomed yeah um which is a really beautiful way to approach the song and i find it to be you know just so beyond its time in that capacity so uh, i i just i brought this to the table i know i've been keeping a, a pretty good track record of bringing local artists to the table um and i'm breaking that Right, I think now. that's okay. We played sixteen local artists on our we last. We did play sixteen local artists last time, so we're going to cut ourselves a little slack today, um, and and we're going to offer you this Blake Mills song, and it's called "Summer All Over." It's 
Summer all over Blake Mills. 
you giving me the information that you acquired off of, did you say it was off of Genius? Yes, I was looking uh, at things about it. It was very line, interesting. The, yeah, the liner notes. I, I did absolutely no research on this song. I'm glad you did. I actually did very little research for this episode <laughs> in general because it's, of the was, imprisonment it, of my own mind and emotions. Right. But the fact It's a that nice song. It's, it's very sublime. You giving or affording the information that it's actually you know a pretty cryptic song about global warming mm-hmm. completely changes... The, the connotation of, of the lyrical performance as well for me. Right. Um, well, I didn't because, mean to do that for you because also... No, no, know, it's okay. I, I love learning your own new things and, and, and interpretation is is basically the most beautiful thing about art as is. So right. I interpreted it to be almost as a uh, can't wait to get back outside again. Feeling. Totally. That's and, actually and, how I thought the first time I heard it too. Right. So. Uh, because of how we... In what position I feel like or a, scenario lot of lyri- right a lot of lyrics right now are doing that especially on new releases that we didn't even mean to just because that's where your mind's at, you know, it's almost like it was foreshadowing to, yeah, you know, totally. something like this happening. A lot of but, things I've heard. I mean, maybe as a collective conscious, we all knew that shit was already going so bad anyways, that there it was only a matter of time before it manifested into right. something as torturous as what we're, we're dealing with right now. But right. in that song specifically, the line was confusing to me. I mean, again, open for interpretation. It could have been about anything, but the baby, don't you cry line. Yeah. After, after this right entire, at the, at the like, yeah. After this beautiful piano ballad, this opus about, you know, being outside and, and understanding what it is to be a human in the sun and looking for shade and sunblock and beers, that baby, don't you cry line at the very end seemed very confusing or quizzical to me until you presented that information. Right. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing your homework. I'm a terrible <laughs> co-host. Well, also interesting on Genius, it says, you know, it's it, written by Blake Mills and Cass McCombs. I saw the Cass McCombs thing. And that I was really thrown by that. I'm like, oh, well, that, that makes a little bit more sense to what it sounds like and kind of doesn't at the same time. It doesn't to me. Um, and I've just never been a huge Cass McCombs fan. Yeah, I like certain stuff, but yeah, I've never dug in deep. I've never dug in deep either, but I didn't know what his influence on that particular song was. Like, did you hear anything very specifically Cass? No, definitely not. So it was a was a little bit of a surprise, but interesting. Well, maybe we're all just trying to flex different muscles right now. And <laughs> by muscles, I mean anything other than a boner in public. It's so tying that you. It's so you to do a list of purely songs that I can't brag about how much I love. You know, well, I can, can only present them with shame. <laughs> so okay, so the, and in thinking about this list of which we're going to get to after these songs that you're about to play, we it, it, last last episode we talked a little bit about the self deprecation that we usually had on have mm-hmm. on this pod. Um, which is rampant and definitely needs to be controlled. I agree with you there. Yes. But after playing so many great local artists last episode on episode <laughs> six for the Podfest, good times during bad times, quarantine extravaganza, I felt like we should really put ourselves through the meat grinder on right. this. Like, no, no I like barred. it. I like it. And this is actually even like, it's good for shaming ourselves. I'm all for shaming oneself, but mm-hmm. this does so in kind of a, in, in a, a more of a comical defamatory way. We'll see. Well, yeah, you're right. We'll see about that. And uh, we're going to get to that 
Yeah, after, let me let's let's hit a couple. Let's, let's hit let's hit two mountain goat song first. If you I don't would mind. love to go back to back on these mountain goats tunes. Tell oh, us yeah. about it. A double header, mountain goat style. Hmm. Very excited about that. So as you know, as, as I've already bothered you about with text messages that uh, the mountain goats released a new album at the end of March. Uh, it's fantastic. It's called Songs for Pierre Chauvin and. It is one of their best albums in years. It's like a return to form. Everything was recorded in March, like as soon as quarantine hit. And of course, you know, he's, of course, John Darnell is the artist where everybody else can't get in a creative zone because of this. And he puts out a full album that's one of his best in years within the first month of it. He immediately jumps into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's his 18th studio album. Oh my God. That doesn't, that's not even an accurate number with how many albums he's actually put out. That's probably closer to 30. Um, I don't know if you're a big Mountain Goats fan. I have I am been. not a big Mountain Goats fan. I love everything I've ever heard. I'm Pacific Northwest, as you know. So you know we have to we have to listen to Mountain Goats to graduate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nirvana and Mountain Goats, the only two <laughs> things that you guys. That's your mitzvah. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't choose a track. It again. I'd love to just play the whole thing on this podcast. Just make everyone who's listening to this listen to an entire Mountain Goats album. But you won't, and you'll yeah. If you're not a fan, you're definitely going to tune out. So. I, I could not pick one song, so I picked two. Let's well, and this is the first time that you've brought an artist to the table with the word goat in it. Do you realize, do you do understand like the marketing plan that you're going for here, right? Right. This is the Mountain you're, Goat Parade. This is the, the Mountain. <laughs> I didn't even um, put that together. Uh, did you put that together when you were picking out these tunes? No, 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 not at all. I just, can't. all I've You were the host to. of a podcast named The Goat Parade, and you're about to play Mountain Goat songs. That didn't occur to you. Two of them, yeah. A whole parade of them. <laughs> whole parade. <laughs> Bam. God, I love it when things come full circle. Yeah, that's great. But this is track two and three. Um, Perfect. I yeah. cannot wait to listen to these. Uh, give us the give us the names of the songs. Uh, track two is Until Olympias Returns, and track three is Last Gasp at Kalama. And they're just both perfect songs for right now, and I really do hope you enjoy this. All right, well, uh, I had a tracked version of this. We're all ready to master and uh, and then it turned out there was a mysterious seven and a half second gap in the other one. All hail the mysterious gap. Go through the motions every day out in the square. Listen for the hidden rhythms on the air. Not in agreement when the tyrant holds forth. Look for a beacon from the north. Hold the temple. 
temple where the old one stood Is it not a thing of beauty? Don't it make you feel good? Is it not a big improvement on the way things used to be? Is it not a stately beacon for the whole world to see? We will be right here on the day it finally burns Everybody hold a spot until Olympias returns Goats with Until Olympias Returns and Last Gasp at Kalama. Cam, I feel like because we just played that and because we got to listen to it for a second, that I have found one of your top five major influences when it comes uh-huh. to your own songwriting. Yeah, but that would be true. 100%. Really? I mean, the on, on the PodFest last episode... You debuted a, a song that you had had, you know, hiding in the margins, waiting to be released, called "The Tijuana Christmas" by mm-hmm. My Imperfect Offering, which is the name of your solo group, and that song sounds so much in line with the two songs that we just heard from the Mountain Goats. Care to explain? I mean, I I, I just take that as a compliment, really. I, 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 it's meant as a compliment, guaranteed. <laughs> it but felt like an I, accusation the way you said, "Care to explain." <laughs> I just I don't ever feel good when somebody says care to explain. Yeah, no, two <laughs> things that I don't like hearing either are care to explain and hey, you got a second to talk? Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, the you got a second to talk is Ooh. usually either um something you did something incredibly wrong, right? Or you're about to do something incredibly wrong. Yes. So Ooh, I, I didn't mean to throw the care to explain at no, you. No, I mean definitely, you know, the mountain goats are they just have that and honestly a lot of my influence from younger comes closer in line with early against me 
that's kind of how I heard that that kind of sound, that like huh. scrappy acoustic punk sound. But I heard Mountain Goats after that mm-hmm. when I was more into bands like the Weaker Thans, and they were always coming up as comparisons. So when I heard the Mountain Goats, it was like, oh man, I'm already trying to do this sound. <laughs> I've already been doing this. But I mean, John Darnell just does it so incredibly well. And he does it really well. His poeticisms are, again, very much like yours, and I mean that as a compliment. But they're they're so in tune to lyrical wordplay. Yeah, and Which I mean, he's important. He's a bookworm, you know. All, almost all his albums are based off of something. I mean, he has an album that was based off at, right after he read the Bible. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's it's, that record called? Uh, that 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 Mountain Goat album is called "The Life of the World to Come," and every song is a Bible verse. Type. <laughs> I don't think I fully imbibe that one, um, unfortunately. But <laughs> well, you're such a religious person. <laughs> that I'm surprised that you didn't. You didn't I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. But this last this last album with those two songs you just heard are just I love those two. Everything's a different style. I, if you're a big Mountain Goats fan, the new album every song feels like a different style of the Mountain Goats that they've done themselves throughout their career, just in a really confined boombox recording sort of way. And it's just fantastic. It's just a, a straight back to his roots, and I love it. When you said earlier. Uh, and I, I the, the you said the RTF phrase earlier, which usually puts me off because it it heightens this right. excitement of an artist quote unquote returning to form. I also think the return to form thing has been beaten to death right. by the music press to the point where if you don't know what to say about an artist's new record, you're just like fuck it, they're returning to form. Yeah, and um, and this one's a lot more literal because what's great about how with this isolation and the quarantine that we all put ourselves through, he was able to just go back to what he did in the first place. <laughs> and it's apparently what he does best. And I mean, it, at it least is in your it, own opinion. It is because you can focus on the storytelling because that's what it's about. It's a narrative. It's, it's actually, usually it's just uh, his own interpretation of books he's reading, but the lyrics are so amazing, but also vague. Cause you know, most people haven't read whatever book he's referencing. So you can kind of take your own, um, things from those lyrics, like on that second one we heard, the last gasp at Kalama, that main refrain line, the one more summer and all of this is gone. Like that just feels like a very necessary lyric right now. Absolutely. And isn't it weird that both of the the two mountain goats, or that song specifically, and Blake Mills' Summer All Over both reference almost the same thing yeah are we, yeah. Are we uh, the, lined the up summer are we on the same cycle we kind of we having... we're, we're definitely on our own same uh cycle. we're gonna know a lot more about each other in such a more intimate way after we approach this list oh let's do um, it you want to get in there you should we or should i mean are, are, i feel like we're still like jostling a little bit i mean i think i think there's no time i mean i i'm i'm very excited for what you got i want to get this out of the way and see if i still have any friends all right let's jump in who's going first on this goat parade episode seven okay i guess i'm going first i'm ready dude i am so ready to nail you to the fucking cross it's, it's a very interesting subject because you know I wanted to think of it more than just because you can go on Spotify, right? And you can type in guilty pleasures and there's a set, you know, Spotify playlist for guilty pleasures. See, and it's all it's all the same shit. It's all 90s, know? right? 
It's mostly nineties, <laughs> but <laughs> but there's some cheesy eighties in there too. And you know, I do have some of that on my list. I do I, because I'm so you know I grew up in the nineties. But I wanted to think about more modern guilty pleasures as well as like just oddballs that for some reason are songs that have like it's like it's like gum on the bottom of your shoe you've never just you can't get it off you and can't, you can't get it really away. see it either you can't really see that it's a nuisance you can only feel that it's a nuisance yeah. through the and, sole of and, your shoe and it's still you know it, it, you still get too pumped up when it comes on inside you know uh and there's some songs you know that i didn't put in here because i thought maybe wow that'd be a repeat i almost you know obviously goo goo dolls is a band that comes up and i was listening to name and i'm like if i put name on my list it would be the second time this is on a list on this podcast because it was you know in what your funeral though, the goo should always have a place on a guilty pleasure list Although, that's kind of how i felt but it felt too on the nose it's, it's same with same with like live lightning crashes okay lot- so my list is definitely on the nose i'm glad you went the more obscure route of like dealing with things that are a little bit more modern that are harder to peg yeah. Um, now I feel a little bit even more ashamed of my no, list. No, no, no. I, I, I still think even you're on the nose ones, you think they're on the nose, but it's just going to be shockingly Dude, wild. I don't know. Okay, so there is a goo tune on my list, but name is not on my list because I don't find that to be a guilty pleasure. I think name is a ripping that's, fucking tune. That's where I ended up at the whole end. I'm like, all these Goo Goo Doll songs I love are great, and I will refuse to back down about that or call them guilty. <laughs> Let's be clear about something real quick. These yeah. are songs that you still listen to, right? Absolutely. Well, okay, cool. yeah, mostly, mostly. Um, another of uh, the paradox I want to present you before I go on my list is Neutral Milk Hotels in the Aeroplane Over the Sea. Okay, right? Stay with me. Stay with me. Oh, right? I'm here, dude. If you, I mean, I'm all mangum. You know it, I'm all I yeah, use those but it's, mangum it's condoms, like, baby. It's like Let's the coolest, it. <laughs> like socially, it's like the coolest indie record ever. But if you listen to it, you're totally fucking lame, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, like think of a scenario: you're at a party, you get people are putting on records. Somebody pops on, you know, King of Carrot Flowers Part One. They just start at the beginning. You kind of have that, like, come on, dude. Okay, so I that it's a great paradox. I feel like that is very much, very specifically a hipster paradox. Right, it is. So, but so does that, that's a different it, type of guilt and shame. But it kind of makes it sort of a guilty pleasure. Like I, I would, I would never really DJ the song in the airplane over the sea. I love that song dearly. I think it's one of the best songs ever made. Dude, but I would it's a never great put record, it on. And you know it's a great record. The only reason you don't want to put it on is because it's been somebody, so over. Somebody at the bar. If I put it on at a bar, some but there's definitely at least somebody, a, a group of people there would be like. This fucking guy just heard this record, right? Right. He just heard this record six months ago, and he probably so just makes moved it here guilty. from Texas. The paradox makes it guilty. The paradox does make it guilty. But again, I think that goes back to very strict hipster parameters, such right. as totally. this thing used to be cool until it hit the mainstream. Now it is That's no That's what's weird about cool. that album. It is still cool. I mean, everybody still heralds it as one of the best albums of the 90s. Because but if you it listen is to it, one of the best albums of the 90s. If you listen to it, if you put it on... You're totally fucking lame. <laughs> Dude, I listened to it maybe three weeks ago, and it still rips. I see the hipster paradox is strange to me because what the hipster paradox intends to do, and, and you heard it here first on the GOAT Parade, folks. It it The only thing the hipster paradox aims for is taking the piss out of something that you love only because it's been commercialized to a point where it is actually making money. Right. Absolutely. That's it. And I don't agree with that. It. I think that's bullshit. No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I do too. But there's something 
Dude, if you bring any Neutral Milk Hotel songs to this Guilty Pleasures list... I would never. They're all perfect I'm, songs. I'm going to look... I'm, I'm going to be sitting here dick in hand with not my one, list. Not one of these songs that I'm about to talk about are half as good as any song on In the Airplane Over the Sea. And that includes okay. the, the weird instrumental before Ghost or okay. after Ghost. Untitled? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Let's do it. You ready? All right. So no, wait, I hold on. And I, I have one. You've been asking all the questions, Cam. I got okay. one question for yeah, you. Yeah, you, it hit me. So the way I approached the list was 10 10 to 1 being 10 being the least guilty one being the most guilty did you approach it in the same way similar i didn't do it like yeah i i kind of did that i i did you know kind of a cascading shame fest you know with cascading shame fest i like that that's a great memoir title like like either towards number one it's more controversial to like or i'm more ashamed of it okay Okay. So, yeah. Just wanted to make sure the that order we're on is kind of tough, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, the order is tough because you feel bad about all of them. It's right. hard putting them in, in in any type of sequential order when you feel so embarrassed that you still listen to these songs. Yeah. Should I start mine? <clears throat> Let's hit it. Let's unleash some skeletons, dude. I cannot wait to just slap you around over <laughs> a great distance right now through this microphone. Let's party. Uh, so I did the stereotypical, as we were saying, the two stereotypical ones. I just started there, the 90s stuff, you know. 10, I put new radicals, get what you give. Okay, so here's something else I want to do in this list, if we can. I want you to give it, and I want you to say why. Right, it's tough. I was trying to think of why, but mostly it just reminds me of situations that I first heard it. And new radicals, get what you give, was one of those. I'm a couple years older from you, so you might not even remember this. It was one of the you know, buzzworthy videos on MTV. Of course. Cam, we're only two years apart. I know, here. but still, you things weren't can born be weird. in 1939, and I wasn't born in 1997. <laughs> so I do definitely remember that the mall. I know video, you don't remember the last pandemic, Al, the Spanish flu, because you're a couple <laughs> years younger than me. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was buzzworthy, and it was every morning when I was getting ready for school. This song was on the mall video, the bucket hat, everything. The mall video is incredible. Of course, I remember it's that, a, and yeah, that had a, staple a special of my place childhood. in my heart too. See, and also I, I remember walking to the bus stop, and like there was all the neighbors that were at the same bus stop, and we'd always talk about what we saw on MTV, and we were always like, "Yeah, it's so cool." And I was like, "Did you guys see that new Radical song?" And they were all like, "Yeah, that one sucks." And I'm oh, like, I'm like, not. Nah. Okay. And so I felt guilty from the very start okay, so about liking this This is song. lingering childhood trauma that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And they, they always thought, what, you know, even at that age, they were like, what did you see on MTV? And I was like, you know, I was like talking about all the, the world premieres, the buzzworthy videos. And I was into this one. And they were like, that song is so lame. Wow. Well, dude, you know what? I'm going to, as your therapist through this, since I am the therapist and you are now the recipient of my therapy, I'm going to go ahead and say you should forgive yourself. <laughs> For liking this song in this video because I I'm like, right there with you, bro. I like the entire album. Maybe you've been brainwashed too. It's a I great, own it dude, on vinyl album. and I listen to it. And I also found out earlier this week because Billboard did a list of the top 50 uh, minivan songs. 
which is a great list if you want to go check Wait, it out. Wait, hold on. I'm confused. Can you dive into that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. It's a it, it's a great list of the top 50 songs that would be listened to by, you know, a soccer mom driving a minivan throughout the 90s and 2000s. It's a great list. Oh, Spoiler dude, alert. Was Natalie Imbruglia's Torn on there? Of course it was. And Lifehouse took home the number one. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> to spoil it. Uh, Hanging by a Moment is incredible. New Radicals, not this song, but Someday We'll Know is on there, which is kind of the middle ballad, the, the centerpiece ballad of the album, if you will. Um, if you haven't heard, maybe you've been brainwashed too. Maybe check it out. Um, but in the article, it said the it mentioned the Hall of Notes cover, and I had no idea. I listened to it. Hall of Notes with Todd Rundgren cover what? this cover this new Radical song. What? It's wild. It's a wild thing. This is incredible. I've never. I'm I'm a massive Hall of Notes fan. Um, they did it in like 2010 or something. It's it's just weird and i cannot wait to dive into that i I didn't even know the song had been covered at all this is kind of it's weird because it's 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 more of a modern tune but that's also one of those songs that you can't really touch with a cover like i really don't like beatles covers because there really isn't anything more you can do to a beatles song to make it any better i feel the same way about the this new radical song that's in your 10 slot right well the 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 song the Hall Notes cover is Someday We'll Know. It's a different song on the album, which is way more coverable. Yeah, this one, Get What You Give, I wouldn't even imagine how someone would cover that, especially at Hall Notes doing that rap at the end would sound so stupid. No, that would sound really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the rap at the end is already pretty questionable, let's be honest. Well, it was the 90s. You were allowed to put rap into rock. And right. I mean, look at the Bare Naked Ladies, Chickadee China, the Chinese Chicken, whatever oh, the man. fuck that song is called. I'm glad yeah. that's not on my list. I hope it's not on yours. It's definitely not on my list. And the Although fact there was that a time you would I even had. only hope that it's not on mine makes me question how you see me as a Well, person. this is what's going to happen this entire list is we're going to question how we see each other as people. <laughs> well, dude, you're starting off strong. There's no, I'm nothing off, wrong I'm with the new radical soft. track. I'm starting off soft. Okay, let's move on. I want to go straight modern with it. Just flip the script. This, album, this is from a band whose album came out last year. Their debut album. What? Yes, and it's a very controversial act. It's called 100 Gex. I don't know if you've heard of 100 Gex. Wait, I'm sorry. The band name is called 100 Gex? I believe it's Gex. I, I was saying Jex for a while, cause, but I believe it's Gex. It's How do you spell it? G-E-C-S. Okay, no, I've never heard of this. The group is named Gex? Yes, it is a couple young kids, a, a boy and a girl. I believe they're local, um, but they're super famous. I mean, they blew up because they have... Their album last year called A Thousand Gex um, is just absolutely all over the place. It has n- new, weird, Fruity Loops, Fruit Lo- Fruity Loops style production uh, all over the place. Dubstep. Every song changes. by it, There's like three-minute songs that do every genre by the end of it. It's, it's a headache. The whole damn thing is a headache. And they came out, and a lot of people loved them. A lot of people, they were immediately polarizing. And I first couple listens, I pretty much hated it, and then it was that thing where I kind of softened to it. And now most of the, I can get through most of the album. Some of it is still borderline unlistenable to me. It's just I'm too old for that kind of shit. Of course, but it's um, wild. I, I've, I've never heard this song. What's the song called? The song I picked out from the album is called Ringtone. It's kind of the most catchy and uh, approachable song. And have I, was, I heard this before without knowing that I was listening to it? Probably not. They're pretty. Um, Ringtone is the most acceptable sounding song. It doesn't do that much wild things. It doesn't transfer in a dubstep or digital ska at any point. 
which some of the songs do. Digital uh, ska. I'm y- wait. I'm that that was too genius. Is that what you call dubstep? No, there's a song that um, has. There's no way other way to really describe it besides <laughs> digital ska. It's wow. It's what, called the song on the album is called Stupid Horse. Another great song on the album. But yeah, uh, it's funny because Vice gave. I, I had heard about the album, listened to it last year, didn't get into it. Then Vice made the controversial move to give it number one album of 2019. Oh my god! And I sent me and Taylor Taylor Brown, who of Slip, who we've had on the on the pod. Um, we've all year last year we kind of fighting back. He was like, "What's with this hundred gex? I hate it." And he's like, "I hate it too." And then I sent him that number one album of the year thing, and he's like, "That's absurd." And then, <laughs> do you I gave think it, they did that just for press? Do you think Vice was going for like? Well, I, then that's know. why I'm like, I gotta listen to this again. There's no way it's that good, even if there is something I'm missing. And I, on second listen, I'm like, well, I see some merits. There's some things I like. There's some catchy parts here and there in the songs, and the attitude is is fresh. It's just like these bratty kids doing whatever the hell they want, and I love that. Um, and then you know you start to get like, I kind of want to hear this song again. I kind of want to hear this song again. And then it, I yeah. I texted Taylor. I'm like, I got a problem, and he. He was he already before I said I like a hundred gex. He was like I know what you're gonna say, and he's like I was does like I like hundred gex. Also like a hundred gex. Now he does. Yeah. At first he fought me. He's like oh you're so lame, bro. And then he's like you know what I like this song. And now he's fully on board too. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna be a little late to the party here, but this week I'm gonna listen to a hundred gex. I'm a hundred gex. One hundred. Just the number one hundred gex. One hundred okay. gex. Wow. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I feel like an old... I've never felt older than when I'm talking and describing this. these, these I children. I feel so old just trying to understand the band name, the project name. <laughs> yeah, um, this is... We're like squinting our... We're really getting old, squinting our glasses. Is that a hundred gex there? <laughs> I have no idea what this is. This completely passed me. Um, but now I can't wait to dive in and for the first two months talk shit on you mm-hmm. and then come back around and be like you know what this is a great record and a lot of this that i've planned how i thought what these songs were how they're going to make it on this list was whether or not if somebody pulled up to me in my car if i rolled the absolutely window up. yes that is a really great that's a great parameter to have in all of this i pictured myself on the bus right um and my, like my earbud slips out at full volume <laughs> and the person next to me is looking at me in complete <laughs> shame like dude i cannot believe you're listening to that that's not at all what i would have pegged you as yeah absolutely okay so number nine 100 gex the song was called ringtone okay uh, but the whole album's wild uh okay number eight and this I'm bring back Bunny for this one. Uh, I didn't even think about putting this on there, but as soon as I told Bunny that we were doing guilty pleasure songs, the first thing she mentioned to me, she's like, "Are you gonna do Steve Winwood Higher Love?" Dude, of course. And I'm like, "No, I just love that song." I didn't realize until she said that that maybe it's a problem. How much I listen I guess to that song it is a problem. It's only a problem. Okay, I'm a massive Higher Love fan. Oh, oh my man, God. don't even time. get me started. Like if I played. Uh, an instrument like a horn or a, or like I would be in the windwood section. <laughs> yeah, not definitely. the windwoods. I would be I would be playing the windwood. <laughs> Hell yeah! And higher love is only I feel like a guilty pleasure. And I'm sorry for interjecting here because I'm trying to make myself feel better about this too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, is, is, is that a bad song? I think it's great. No, it's an incredible song, and it's only a problem if you're like a jazz dad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like Steve Winwood's Higher Love is only a problem if you only listen to Steve Winwood's Higher Love and like late Kenny Rogers stuff. Totally, yeah. 
I mean, he's got he's got some some pretty good cuts, you know. Back in the, the highlights again. Love. Think about it. Yeah, and the don't, the, don't be high the like roto tom percussion it. of that song is so ridiculous. I it's love really it. stupid. It is incredible. Yeah, bump, bump, uh, bump. that's a that's a really good uh, eight slot. That was your eighth. Yeah, that was number guilty eight. pleasure, right? Yeah. See, I wouldn't put that on my guilty pleasure list. I only did because I didn't know how I, I didn't know I should feel guilty until Bunny immediately brought that up as soon as I <laughs> saw the list. She was ready to tell me that I should feel guilty for how much I listened to Steve Winwood. Well, unfortunately, it seems like Bunny, your wife, a.k.a. Jessica Demetric, thinks you're a jazz dad. <laughs> I'm not a jazz dad. Um, okay, seven. Uh, this is completely on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, God, I really don't want to do this. Let's, oh, I can't wait. Give me all of your secrets. Story of the year, anthem oh, for our dying day. my God. <laughs> Cam, Cam, no. I just, I have to take a moment of pause right now. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. I to thought take I a... was going to be able to be here for you uh-huh. through all of this, yeah. but I think it's time you find a new therapist. Right, yeah. Um, I was worried about this. Holy shit, you should not have said that into a microphone to be, to be <laughs> distributed um, to Spotify and iTunes and all the Ooh, other channels. I mean, you it's can just going to get now. worse. You know, we're only at number seven for the for the oldies, the crusties who don't know what this song is. Can you explain a little bit about Story of the Year? And no, actually, I can't you- really. But see, this is another thing that I remember in high school, and I was already by the time the song came out too old to like this song. You know, right? And the video was always on MTV and. I remember that video as well, even though we're yeah. about 50 years apart in age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and really, it's just that in the video, and I'd never seen this at the time, both of the, maybe one or maybe both of the guitar players do the guitar flip. Oh, you know dude, I mean? the flip. They were known for the flip. I and feel I was like so they brought into the flip. That. Yeah, I feel like the story of the year brought the flip into a very prominent nature. Right. And cut to like my high school band in our garage, like me and Doing the other flips. guitar player trying like trying to learn how to do it. Like maybe if we go the back way it'll be easier. And just hurting our guitars and ourselves. Just breaking the necks of your <laughs> Schecter guitars, yeah. your seven string Schecter guitars. Like yeah. not my Godin. <laughs> <laughs> um well, okay, hold on. Before we go on, because I know I obviously know what story of the year song you're talking about, but the hook is eluding me right now. I'm going to need you to sing the chorus for me. Thanks, uh, Cam. I believe the chorus goes something like, From up here, the city lights burn. Are we at a story of the year concert? Because <laughs> right. I felt like I was just transported into the past. <laughs> right. I yeah, feel like, it. I know live music is dead right now, but that really just made me feel like I was at a story of the year show. And it was a total Thursday ripoff like it is that. For a dying day. For a dying day. Like that. <laughs> The total yeah. ripoff. Oh, man. It's just, I don't know why the song stayed with me. When it comes on, I get kind of pumped, and I'm very closeted about it. I think you should stay closeted about that, and maybe you should just go back and take this whole section out. Right, yeah. They're um, just like, tra- or Number seven on Cam's list has been omitted. Like that gap in the first Mountain Goat song we heard? Right. All Hail, All Hail the, the Mysterious, mysterious Gap. gap. Yeah, so maybe you should take that one out. If it gets worse than that one... It's gonna. Maybe we should just stop this and have an hour-long episode. I feel like this next one we'll, we'll feel good about. We'll agree on. It's not going to be too scary. Well, dude, I mean, you've already had Winwood. 
right. which I totally agree on. The story of the year. I'm sorry, dude. I can't back you up. On I know. That. I, I love know. you to death. You are but my. I'm brethren. so sorry about it. Okay, let's 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 move on. I'm feeling weird. Number six, back to the '90s, and also can't really pick. If you make me pick out a song on this album, I will. But I just had to bring the whole album in because I feel no shame in it. But I feel like it's the most hated band to ever, the biggest and most hated band to ever come out of Portland, Oregon. Ever clears so much for the afterglow. Dude, why would you put that on your guilty pleasures list? Good. I'm glad you said that because it's awesome. And I'm I so love Everclear. So sick and there's of feeling no bad song about on that. that record. Yeah, no, no, dude. Okay. All right. So story of the year, little upset about. Don't know if I want to talk to you too much after this, after we're done recording this one. Right, but I might have lost a friend. You're really rede- you're redeeming yourself. That's where I put it there. I'm like, head. I'm gonna have something that like pushes me back up a little bit, even though, you know, this is all guilty. I've gained I've gained a little bit more respect for you. What is your number one track off that album? Amphetamine. Amphetamine's fucking incredible. Absolutely. But also okay, the title so, track, So Much for the Afterglow. What a way to start an album. I want to talk about this for a second. So you're in your car. It's a beautiful sunny day. You're in your Jeep. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're murdered out black on black Jeep that Big you time. like driving around town. Steppenwolf. Um, That's wait, what did you just say? Steppenwolf is the name. You of my, named your Jeep Steppenwolf? My, my dad did. He was like, you should probably name your car, your first car that you bought yourself the same as the first band you ever saw. And I'm like, okay. Hey, Cam. Yeah. Can can you just go ahead and tell Bunny that you are a jazz dad? <laughs> Why? Because I saw Steppenwolf when I was in second grade? Because A, you saw Steppenwolf in the second grade and you named your car Steppenwolf. That automatically makes you a jazz it's dad. It's the wolf. Steppy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the you you're you're digging your own hole, dude. You just right. said it's the wolf. Well, can we stop talking about my dad Jeep so I can talk okay. about Everclear? All right. So okay, so someone pulls up to you. Let's say let's say you're not married. Let's say you're single. You're in L.A. You're in your Jeep. Uh, you're blaring this Everclear record. And why would you roll your windows up? Like say a beautiful woman pulls up next to you and she's looking at. I you believe maybe she's that's so handsome. that's that's Portland specific. Gotcha. If no, I was living want, in Portland, yeah, you don't and, want to listen to that. No, anymore. you don't live. You don't listen to Everclear in Portland. It's it's just a weird like Google when you have the time, like a Portland Mercury or Willamette Weekly interview with Art Alex, Alex Alexakis, and they just they just grill him. They just hate him. He's he's Is, so hated, and I don't even understand the hate. Really, I mean, I guess he's kind of. I've heard he's kind of a dick. He's mean to his band members. I don't really know, but the hits are there, and there's a ton of them on this record. He shopped at a guitar center that I worked at in Pasadena for a long time, and I can confirm he is a son of a bitch. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. He's not person. a nice person. But also, I think the the hometown hate is also a real thing. Well, also um, because he's not an actual Portland native. He's he's an L.A. cat that moved up to Portland, started a band there, and then it's like, we're a Portland band. I think gotcha. that, that rubs Portland the wrong way. Well, also, like, Chicago still hates the Smashing Pumpkins. Right, because they did the same thing. They're like... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that you've you've redeemed yourself a little bit after that story of the year. But yes, that uh, that situation. album is fantastic. I don't actually feel guilty about it. Uh, there's so many hits on it. I love One Hit Wonder, Normal Like You, all the songs. Even the, even the there's a secret song on it about Christmas or something. It's great too. I think the whole album. Yeah, you can't pick one track off of that album to focus on. There that that is a whole album piece. That's the only one I was like I got to bring just just the album. But let's get on to something more embarrassing. So are we on number six? Now? Number five now. Number, number five. Number five. Wow, we're moving right along. This is modern country. Are you ready for this? <laughs> oh my god! Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> as as you, an actual country fan, I'm very embarrassed about this. Wait, wait, wait! You listen to modern country? 
No, not really. I don't. But when I lived at what we called the Craft Bold, a place uh, where... Oh, I partied at Craft Bold quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, so you know what I'm years. talking about. Yeah. Uh, this was probably around 2011, 2012. Um, Justin, who lived there, always listens to the Modern Country channels, and so does Chad. Just just as a larf, just a laugh, but they got really into this one new country song that came out that kind of took the world by storm that year. And I, I just admit, I mean, we all fell in love with it, and it's just a huge like group secret guilty pleasure. And it's well, a, you're about to out a few other people. Are you sure you yeah. want to do this? No, yeah, b- okay. big time. It's a, a song by Jake Owen called Barefoot Blue Jean Night. <laughs> I don't know if Dude, you're familiar. I am from Tennessee. I am from Nashville, right. Tennessee. I am from the birthplace of bullshit bubblegum country, and uh-huh. I still have no idea what song <laughs> you're talking about. Oh, man, you got it's just like the epitome of stereotypical country put in like a new kind of it's almost like country rock you know it's got that of like, course all country is country anthemic rock at this point anthemic feel and like you know it's 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 just about a barefoot blue jay barefoot blue jean night at the lake you know what i'm saying okay, can you can you hum me a few bars of it or can you sing me the chorus uh i believe that the chorus line has lines like uh we were shining like lighters in the middle of a rock show oh no <laughs> Okay, uh, so if you redeemed yourself at all with that Everclear record, guess what, dude? You just bumped yourself back down. Big time, big time. I mean, if if you if people out there listening have heard this song, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's way too catchy and it's hilarious and just so stereotypical modern country, you know? I feel like you're going to get some responses on that. I feel like there are definitely people out there listening to this right now who love this fucking song. Yeah, they're probably and mad you, that I think of it as a guilty pleasure. They're like, "That's Jake Owen's best song." But at the same time, you're kind of forming your own clan of guilt, if you will. You know, like there's going to be a whole mess of followers out there who are going to come to your defense and aid and back you up through all of this. Now, I'm sorry. I can't be the person to do that. No. Especially with I'll, a bubblegum like, country I, I have song. a friend from Nashville. That's, <laughs> right. you know, that might help. You don't have a friend from Nashville anymore. <laughs> you're like, I've never heard of that guy. <laughs> All right, moving right along because I want to number four. I want to get this over with because this is where you're really gonna. I just feel like you're gonna hate me after this. Why, well, dude? I, I already kind of hate you after that last one. Yeah, but this is a big. This is I'm very ashamed. This is a big one. In fact, I've never really told many people this. Of course, Buddy might know this, but other than that, people don't really know this about me because I it's, it's it's I feel shame. Um, it's not. Wow, even, you're really preparing for this. It's not even the song itself. It's that. Okay, the song is, is 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 Orgy's Blue Monday. Oh my god. But it's not that I like the song that's the problem. It's that you like the video. No, it's that I I think it's uh, Don't say it's one of the best covers ever. Don't say it. I think it's greater or at least greater or equal greater or equal. No, 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 don't don't say it. Stop, stop. Just greater just or don't, equal. Don't, then. Stop, I didn't stop, say stop. it's oh either greater or it's equal then. Can. I feel like I, I like New Order, and I like a lot of their songs. I don't think Camp. Blue Monday is one of the best New Order songs. And if no, you, it's <sighs> Camp. Wow. Uh, I feel like if you, you go back and you listen, can, it's kind of it's kind of sick. Like the Orchi cover. Can you hear my distress right now? Yeah, like, and I. Do uh, you heard my distress about even telling you about this? Can you, when you're editing this, can you up the the, the volume on my breathing right now? Because I can I really hear it loud feel, and clear. It's loud, dude. New Order is one of my favorite bands. Of okay, all time. that's why I felt like that was the thing, and I felt like you were gonna really pissed off about this. 
I'm really fucking pissed off about this. Yeah, because not only <laughs> was Orgy hot topic culture, they were considered new metal. And that cover is an on the nose note for note cover. Right. Just but have you it- listened to it lately? Because I, I didn't I heard it again. I'd say like about six months to a year ago randomly. And I was like, uh oh, this just sounds like facial. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Facial is one of Cameron's mini bands who I can see you lumping into the category of like that industrial rock-esque kind of thing. But no, it's Facial a pretty is sick, much better. It's a pretty sick cover. I'm, I'm okay, sorry. Dude, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to go ahead and give you this. I would put, if Orgy was on my list, and they are definitely not, I would put their platinum global smash selling single Stitches. Right. on my list i would not put the blue monday cover i would have to put an original did, i did, did you did did you just say did you actually just articulate did you take a <sighs> phrase and a sentence from your brain and push it through your mouth to say it's as good if not better than the original I, i'm sorry it's not one of my favorite new order songs i think it's repetitive and long and but it's, it's off no of ceremony. Corruption and it's Lies, no ceremony. which is one of the greatest New Order records of their catalog. Right, I just Cam, you've really done a disservice here. I know. I've, I believe me, I've, you picked the you picked the list, and this is I'm embarrassed because you made me do this. I'm regretting my decision to to jump into this list right now because honestly, I know I joked about it last episode, but this is the last podcast I'm going to do with you, dude. Well, we'll see how I feel after years. Maybe I'm going to feel the same way. Maybe this is, it'll be no, amicable. You're definitely going to feel the same way. And obviously, I'm, I'm sorry about that one. I, all right. I'm, it's let's, okay. All let's right. move on it's to okay. something you, softer. You, listen, man, you know, therapy and, and psychology, they're not all about agreeing with your patient. Right. So uh, I disagree with you, but I feel like this is something we can work through together. I feel like, yeah, like let's just move on and not think about it again for until at least we get through everybody's list and then you can berate me a bit more maybe dude i'm going to be thinking about this for the next six months i have nothing else to do but think about how you just said orgy's cover of blue monday is as good if not better than the original (laughs) i might have to throw up can we stop right here so i can go throw up real quick yeah i mean if you got to throw up i get it but i feel like this next one's going to put you in a better mood okay let's let's go ahead this is the three slot number three ashley simpson pieces of me Okay, cool. Pieces of Me is a fucking banger. It's a good jam. It's a good jam. We all know Ashley Simpson is an an undersung hero, a voice of her own generation um, that we should still lift up and praise as much as possible. Right. Okay, a little bit. You got you got a little bit of ground back yeah. from that one. Okay, I just, I really don't even have anything to say about that one. I just I like that just, song. And, and also, you don't. It, it, there's no no explanation as to why that's a guilty pleasure. You're a male in your 30s. Right, you should not still be listening to Ashley Simpson's Pieces of Me. But if it comes on, I'm going to turn it up. And then I'm going to roll <laughs> up that window if somebody dries up. And Steppenwolf, baby. When, when Ashley Pieces of Me comes on oh. and Steppenwolf, it's all downhill yeah. from there. Oh, yeah, Ashley Simpson pumping and Steppenwolf, that's what that car's for. <laughs> uh, dude, okay, so your list has been crazy so far. It's been all over the map, I know. And we got two more. And this one I want to talk about mostly. Number two is one that, again, I feel no shame for. But it is the most polarizing band that I've truly loved in my, okay. in my lifetime. And so it's been a constant problem listening to this band in public since I've liked them because it's always caused such hatred. And the hatred I just don't understand. The band is Coheed and Cambria. See, 
that's personal preference. Like, obviously, you know, I think the the hatred for Coheed comes from metalheads. I feel it? like it's only metalheads who actually hate Coheed. I feel like a lot of people, like most people I know hate Coheed. They can't stand it. I'm not it. a Coheed fan, but never could I ever say, oh, I've I've hated everything I've heard from them. Yeah, and I mean, when they came out, their first album, which is still my favorite, the second stage, Turban Blade, was incredible. And that one was pretty divisive just because nobody could really pinpoint what kind of music it was, and it kind of fell into the category of emo unfairly. Or yeah, like they were lumped into the emo generation. But really, I mean, I, I thought this would help because I, I learned early on that the singer Claudio was write, writes his own comic books and all the music is based on the comic books he's writing. So I would tell people that, and it turns out that doesn't help. No, that makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, d- dude. That just makes uh, people even more turned off. No, I feel like, okay, so going into your interpersonal reasons of this being a guilty pleasure is a big thing about this list because obviously... In high school, I didn't do too much high school, but let's let, we're, we're in high school and we're we're listening to Coheed and we're getting picked on by the meatheads. Okay, yeah, like that. That's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Like at least you were listening to Coheed while other people were still listening to Limp Biscuit. Yeah, you know Cody, what I mean. A hundred times better. And I mean they're a great band. And the song I put on it is a favorite house Atlantic because that's their only real single off their second album uh, that was like a kind of a breakthrough and. See, I can't tell song. you exactly. I can't tell you that I've ever heard that song. I probably have, but I was never of the the. I would the sing it for you, but I, I can't. I can't hit a soprano. And no, was, dude. Yeah, you're. You, if you try to go into those higher ranges, it's just going to get ugly for both of us. Oh yeah, it's just not. It's like me singing along to Sia Rose. You know, nobody needs See, that. It it. <laughs> it's not. It's not cute. Not cute. <clears throat> I feel like when, okay, when you bring Bubblegum Country to this list, when you say that Orgy's cover of Blue Monday is better than the original, I don't feel <laughs> for you. When you say that your number two guilty pleasure is a Coheed song, I do feel for you, dude. Like, that makes me feel sympathetic towards your cause because there's I, no I'm, reason I'm, you should feel guilty about thank that. Thank you for that because I have tried to listen to Coheed in public settings for years and I've been shut down and marginalized. <laughs> I mean, dude, I feel I'm making the same this way too, I'm making tool. this too much of it. Oh god, here we go. Another dude, tool I am fan. a tool I am a tool fan. I am actually a tool fan. I'm oh, one of the biggest see, tool fans. I immediately I know. turned into that to one of your oppressors just like that. It was so easy. I was like, oh, yeah, boy, see? Okay, so but now you need to allow me the space just as I allowed you the space for Coheed. I feel like people don't like tool and this might be a bullshit uh excuse, but because they don't understand them. Right. Um, but, I mean, I feel like the reason I don't love Tool is because I don't really want to understand. Right. People don't also don't want to understand Coheed because right. they hear they hear Claudio's voice. They hear the comic book bit, you know, and then everything kind of morphs into their mind of like, oh, I'm never going to fucking right. touch And this. I don't get into their stuff anymore. They, I like their first three albums, but that those first three albums like the musicianship on them is insane it really is incredible i mean it as far as even just like the rhythm section and the guitar yeah oh the the drummer songwriting aside the open-handed drummer the bass playing the lead guitar but this is all before like the bass player held up a pharmaceutical store and everything right (laughs) absolutely their (laughs) story happened yeah their story gets dark i think he was like like yeah about to play like an arena sized show and was out of oxy and like held up a local form pharmacy store like like band modern rock stars their story is even darker than or just as dark as before except it's with oxys it's weird dude just put it on your rider <laughs> right 
You're in one of the like the largest cult following bands ever known to man. Just put it on your fucking rider, dude. <laughs> you could probably get some oxies from the venue promoter. Oh, it's a sad, sad state of affairs when you're Well, even point. though you just shat on me for liking Tool, I'm still gonna be your friend and I'm still gonna say that, Cam, you can let go of that guilt for Coheed and Camria. All right, I'm playing nothing but in Keep It Secrets of Silent Earth three at my next DJ set. <laughs> Well, I'm a little intrigued as to what number one is. Number one, I don't, I don't, I got number one because I don't like to admit that I like this song at all. Um, okay, you, you sound you sound more hesitant. Actually, you sounded just as hesitant when you launched into the Orgy Blue Monday thing. So I feel like I'm about to be really upset. It's another one that's come out this decade and okay. the band sucks. I like that. Um, the thing is, there, there was a person in this band who ended up being a very famous producer that is okay. still writing some of the biggest pop songs today. And oh, dude, is this a Fallout Boy song? No, it is not. Okay, I was never into Fallout Boy, but neither was I. The person that was in this band is Jack Antonoff, and he writes all oh. all the big hits. So there was something about this song that I just the catchy the catchiness of it the popness of it. Please don't tell me it's a the, that one fun song. It's that fun song. Some nights. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm not wait, happy is, about this. Wait, is the is I I don't know the song title, but is it the one that goes as such? No, no, I hate that song. Okay, all right. it's the one that's like some nights. It sounds like it sounds like the Lion King or something's about to start. Oh, dude, with the marching snare. <laughs> yeah, with like all the stupid stuff that happens throughout the whole. You song. still listen to that? Song? No, I don't. And like this is one that I don't listen to. But when it came out, it was one of those things that I, it wouldn't stop being on the radio. And then it came. Kind of came to the point where I kind of liked it, and Bunny, of course, would not let me finish my list without making me remember without putting some nights that on. how much wow. I bothered everyone about eight years ago with that song. <laughs> that is that is tough to admit. I will say that is a lesser blow than some of the blows I've taken from your list thus far. See, I think that's the worst one. I can't believe that I like that song at all. It bothers me. It like so if it came up. on right the fuck now, would you jam it? <laughs> I, yeah, well, I yeah, I at least get it, let it get to its middle point. I like that middle point a lot. <laughs> wow, embarrassing! Um, I'm very embarrassed. This whole I'm covered in sweat over here, and I feel yeah, terrible. Yeah, I'm I'm sweating for you because no, you know, sultry voiced post punk king of Los Angeles. I've lost that title. Admit. I've lost that title by the end of this for you, sure. You you have, and you actually hadn't until you brought up that last fun uh-huh. song. Yeah, that's a really hot number one slot though, because that is out of everything that you just said. I mean, minus you should be embarrassed that you like the orgy cover of Blue Monday more than New Order's original. Greater or but equal then? It's an equal then. It's not. Uh, I, 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 we can't talk about yeah, this okay. anymore. We should have an entire episode dedicated to how wrong that is. <laughs> I know it's um, wrong. That's why I feel guilty. <laughs> but the fun taking, the the band fun taking the number one slot is. Well, there's just no is, band more embarrassing on this list than that, I feel like. You I that you just you get such negative punk punk points for that. Yeah, big time. Like, I mean, we're both gonna go down punk points for this. Like, I feel like over I mean the that past- song that song fun, fun, some nights sounds like it came out and already sounded like the kids' bop version of itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how embarrassing that, that song is. That is the most accurate thing I've ever heard about that song. Yeah, it was already kids' bop material ready to go. Go ahead and give it to the Wiggles to cover on their new arena <laughs> yeah. tour. All right, I'm very embarrassed. So please embarrass yourself. I'm done being embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. I don't know how much more or less embarrassing 
my list is after hearing that. Mm, yeah. I guess here goes nothing. And I, I know I was pretty heated, vehemently heated over that orgy thing. Um, but I just want to let you know that the door is open to drag me through the mud. On, I would love to on these selects that I'm about to give you for my. I'm worried that I'm gonna. I'm worried that I'm gonna love them all. You might love them all. I did send you a little bit of a teaser last night. I know, and I love that one. I know you love that one. So I feel like we're going to line up a little bit more on my. But list we lined up a bit did. on mine too. There was some stuff that we felt equal about, mostly in the '90s, not orgy. Absolutely, and also I made you feel better about the Coheed thing. Right, and there's nothing you, long. There's nothing wrong with Steve Winwood and the Everclear. Um, so I'm glad we were able to air some of that out for you. Big time. Okay, so ten being the least guilty, one being the most. Mm-hmm. This first entry for the ten slot comes from the catalog of everyone's favorite anthropomorphic dog. Strangely enough, and I'm just going to let that simmer for a second while I build up the anticipation here. What, what, Clifford? Uh, close, but yeah. and it, it also it just quickly as an as an interjection here. I saw online that this character has been described as also a cow and not a dog, and I did my research, and that is not true. So whatever you see on the internet, don't believe it. About. I'm so far from knowing what you're talking about. You definitely it's- are because this is a really deep cut. And I only put it on this list because no grown ass man of my age should still be listening to this soundtrack, first of all. But let alone the two singles on this soundtrack that were created by a fictitious rock star within this movie. And that, my friend, is an artist by the name of Powerline, and that is from a Goofy movie. (laughs) What? Did you ever see the original Goofy movie? I don't think I ever even saw it. Okay, it's incredible, mind you. And I can can recite every word from beginning to end because I've seen it that much. I was worried that I was going to be more outrageous than you, but okay, you're starting off with a song from the Goofy movie. Okay, it's a Goofy movie? And, okay, I'm sorry. A goofy movie. And Powerline is the fictitious rock star in this film, and he is great the name coo- for a rock star, though. He's That's the sweet. coolest motherfucker you've ever met. He's also yeah, a dog. Powerline. Yeah, he's also That's a dog. Badass. And he he was written by uh by by Disney to emulate Prince. The artist is actually known as Tevin Campbell. And I haven't heard any of his solo material, but he did have quite a bit of hits on the Hot 100 chart before and after a Goofy movie. But Powerline's song, Eye to Eye, which is the, I guess, the 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 huge finale to this film yeah. is incredible. And I definitely urge you to go listen to it. The only reason I put it on my guilty pleasures list because it highlights the lingering man baby inside of me that I still listen to the song 15 years later after the movie came out. And maybe wow. it's even, it's maybe even more embarrassing that I still watch a goofy movie electively 
once every couple months. Is I guess Im- it's good. I can't believe I missed out on that one. I had you, Disney Plus for a while, and I, I must have blown you, it. You have, to, you have to go back and resubscribe. And you know what? For our I listeners won't. out there, I know there's someone out there who digs Powerline. I know it for a fact. So if you're listening and you love a goofy movie and you love Powerline, please DM me so we can talk and nerd out about how awesome Powerline is. Okay. Wow. Okay. I decided, I'm not with you all so far. I decided to start out strong, uh, maybe weak for the, the list purposes, but strong to make me feel a little bit better about getting into things. And it shouldn't really right. be a guilty pleasure. It's just the fact that I'm in love with a cartoon rock star that makes me feel guilty. I don't think that's anything to be guilty about. Oh, thanks, Cam. See, now we're really helping each other out here. I mean, all rock stars are kind of cartoons, right? <laughs> Very true. You are definitely cartoony, my friend. <laughs> um, okay, moving right along. I did tell you I had a goo on this list. Oh, can I guess it? Yeah, oh, of course. You is, know it from, it, is it from Dizzy Up the Girl? It's from Dizzy, and you know which one it is. It's one is of it their... Black Balloon? No, 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 no. Is this it is Slide? A... Yes, it's Slide. Of course okay. it's Slide. Now, I was hoping to be back Black Balloon. That's my track. No, that is also a jam. But the only reason I put Slide on here, because I w- wouldn't otherwise account... Dude, that's it. their lamest song. It is their <laughs> lamest song. It is definitely their lamest song. But it's a song like, that I listen a, to... In a, in a category of lame songs that they... Or like a, a bucket of lame songs they have, that one's the lamest. <laughs> it is definitely the lamest. It's also one of, of course, one of the larger singles that they had. Maybe even arguably Maybe the largest. Yeah, Iris, Iris is bigger overall. Iris, Iris is, is bigger. But see, the thing is, is I was thinking about the Goo catalog and Iris and Name. Like, the, Let's just think about those two songs specifically as we were talking about Name earlier. Those are both like those both hold for me. The, Big the, time. The, 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 like I would put those Black on. Black Balloon too. Totally. And I like, let's say I was listening to any one of those three songs on the bus when my earbuds fell out, I would not feel embarrassed. Now, if I was listening to Slide, especially. Yeah, maybe if it was Iris, it'd be a little, but you could just yell at the, you're like, I'm going through stuff. Dude, it would be so much better. (laughs) And on that note, Iris is my karaoke jam and it brings down the house every fucking time. Mine is Torn. Torn is also a good one. I can see, but you I, I do that. it. I do it very facial with full screaming. And <laughs> of course, you do. It's horrific. See, the thing about Slide is that it makes me yearn for the type of love that actually doesn't exist. Right. You know, like the fairy, and, the fairy tale, fairy tale love that does not exist. And in a in it, but it, the reason I put it as a guilty pleasure is because it's just so cheesy. But also makes that, that is the guiltiest one, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, so that makes sense. And it's also ma- it makes me feel so aggressively prepubescent, right? I you I know, get that, like totally. want to get married and run away. You know, like put your arms around me. What you feel is what you are, and what you are is beautiful. Like someone let like the engineer <laughs> in the studio let that one go. Like the producer didn't hit the talk back button and say, no, hey, dude, there was a, there's probably a songwriter that was paid to write now. No, no, that was all Resnick, dude. You can, yeah. you can hear Resnick from I couldn't, head to I toe couldn't even that say one. that. that. That's too mean. <laughs> that's too mean. So, so I feel like if I had to have a goo, that would be the one. I like it because I, I'm, it is, I'm with it. It's embarrassing that I still like, I listen to that song alone in my room and still feel something. Yeah. Like that's got to be embarrassing for a lot of That is the most embarrassing one to still f- still feel something for. <laughs> it gets a little bit more embarrassing from there. 
Yeah, let's let's see what's what's number eight. Well, number eight is something that you might not be familiar with. You might be familiar with it though, because it kind is this of this another fits. Powerline song. No, it's not another Powerline <laughs> song. And there are only two Powerline songs, mind you. They're not both the on here, room. are they? Yeah, no, they're not both on here. Just the number ten slot was taken by my favorite cartoon rock star of all time. Okay, okay. Moving number on. eight. <clears throat> is embarrassing because this genre doesn't hold up. I mean, I guess it holds up to a lot of people, but not to me. Um, The quintessential ska pop punk. Oh, boy. uh, You know, stereotypical upstrokes, horns, bridges bloated with rekindling old loves and forfeitures of new ones. Um, This whole album could be considered. I'm so excited. In this slot. But it's this song that is the most embarrassing out of out of this record because it starts with the line just talk to this girl used to live yeah on my street oh my god no way i almost i almost picked a hello rafi song myself oh dude so you do know less than jake's hello rafi of course my first okay. one well yeah one of my first my first punk show was less than jake and it's I not say that. punk don't call it it's punk. not punk, but it was like my first punk experience i was like you know 14 and See, it was it was a, it was less than jake anti-flag newfound glory wow and and teen idols really oh my mis- god what a lineup m- mismatched lineup but yeah and i was so in love with less than jake at the time and i, I was gonna put dude, all my best friends are metalheads all on my this best list. friends are metalheads is so fucking good actually hello Rock you're, you're, by you're, than jake, you're choosing album you're choosing history of a boring town yes that's exactly what i'm choosing so for the listener less that's than a great jake, song history of a boring town off of the record hello rock view that's almost disturbing how fast i knew exactly what song you were that's singing. really disturbing actually and i'm so glad you that's know it because ingrained dude, it is in our heads i'm gonna be honest here and this isn't something that i necessarily want to be honest about but i listen to this record once a week Oh, I love, I, I mean, that's still my favorite, that and Losing Streak. And I honestly like Borders and Boundaries, too. I mean, mm. I was I was pretty into Less Than Jake. I never listened to a single other Less Than Jake record. Oh, the album before Hello Rock View, Losing Streak, is fantastic. Okay, probably so, not probably not great to, I mean, it, it's still great. You I'm not probably. exactly sure where I was introduced. I Funny that we were talking about Nintendo 64 earlier. I'm pretty sure I was introduced to Less Than Jake off of, the, you know, when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out, it was such oh, a yeah, massive that, that thing. That inter- introduced so many kids to different types of punk music. But I don't believe Less Than Jake was a part of that. I believe, the, the uh, and I believe it was All My Best Friends or Metalheads off of Hello Rock View, which, of which you just mentioned. I believe it was on the Thrasher retort. Uh, okay, yeah. So it was definitely th- somewhere. I mean... They all got licensing that those couple years when those games went huge, oh, big time. So, so Thrasher made, uh, you know, it, its own example of a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, of course, being the largest skate magazine of all time. And all my best friends, our metalheads, were was on that soundtrack for that video game. And I remember listening to it and thinking, "This is what I want to do with my life." Right. <laughs> Which totally. doesn't hold up. Like obviously, right. when I when I listen, like let's just say. You know, you and I were at a punk show. I would never wear a less than Jake shirt to a punk <laughs> show. You get negative punk points and positive poser points for yeah, listening to less, less than, than Jake. Jake's Hello Rock View. What a bummer. It's such a good album. Dude, it's incredible from start to finish. Um, yeah. But it's it's the fact that ska in that wave doesn't, or it, rather it should not hold up anymore. Right. It, it, it unfortunately did not. And we're, we're to never speak of it again. We're to never speak of it again, but I also I'm so glad that you're not dragging me through the mud on that one. Because well, luckily, yeah. I mean, there there was an even more embarrassing ska band, 
and this is for the reason that they're also Christian, that I almost put on my list, but it was too much. I thought it was too obscure. Was it the Supertones? No, it was Five Iron Frenzy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just didn't want to go there. I didn't want to talk about Five Iron Frenzy. No, and I did, nor should I did, we be... I did really enjoy them, so... Well, I'm That's glad. Out there. I'm glad you know Hello Hello Rockview. If you haven't listened to that record and you are into cheesy ass overproduced pop punk ska, so go produced. listen to that record than less th- by less than Jake right now. Uh, it will make you feel great. It's like, great. It's. I mean, I might listen to that this week. I, I haven't popped it on in a long time. You know, just to start last one out of Liberty City. You know. Oh, dude, burn it to the ground. Burn it yeah. to the ground. I wonder if there's anyone out there listening right now that knows what we're talking about. Do you think there is? They all do. They all they're going to say they don't, but they all do. <laughs> well, that makes it, dude. Solidarity, power in numbers. Yeah. This is no. Great. We all know less than Jake. We, it's just not really something we talk about anymore. Like well, I said, it's something you don't talk about because it truly is a guilty pleasure. Yeah, um, it's That's only a, good a guilty one. pleasure a really good because one. you and I both like to think that we have a large majority of punk inside of ourselves. Right. But um, we all started out as total posers. But we and we and it, with this being said, there's still some poser inside of us. I mean, as well. Bunny even mentioned when I was putting the list together, she she mentioned MXPX. Yeah, I'd see. I was never. This is as far as I went into this category, minus like real big fish. Oh you yeah. Know? But is, I, is real big fish a guilty pleasure? Yes. I think all Scott, for me, at least, like, again, back on the scenario of, like, cruising in your Jeep or on the bus, right. if I was sitting next to a very attractive woman and my earbud fell out and all she heard was, like, <laughs> I would feel, I would, I would pull. I know what song you did. Yeah, I would pull the fucking stop lever on the bus and get the fuck off immediately because there's no going back. Yeah, once you know, like once you know that someone is still sincerely entertaining the genre of like ska pop punk, it's over, dude. It's and I and I feel that that's one of well, actually, there are a few more embarrassing ones on this list. But I'm glad you know it. I'm glad that you and I can now geek about this. I'm so glad we got to talk about skull let's move on that was fun um okay number seven might not be embarrassing for a lot of people but i listen to a lot of hip-hop i listen to a lot of rap um as a bass player it means a lot to me so this next installment um the softer g inside of me presides over this one okay even though a lot of people don't think this is a guilty pleasure it is for me because i didn't like this artist for so long and have only now later in my life understood that i do actually like a lot of cuts from him um it, it still feels embarrassing for me to listen to because compositionally on the thug scale it rests at like a four and lyrically maybe at a two okay and we're talking about 50 Cent, 21 Questions. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, dope, because obviously Nate Dogg sings the hook yeah. on it. Um, so I'm not girl, sure what's guilty about would you love yeah. me if I was down? Yeah. And incredible. But it's only embarrassing King for of me. Hooks. King of hooks. The man of hooks. Like, really, there's no one else that has done the hook like Nate Dogg in yeah. hip-hop and rap. But it's embarrassing for me because I am a Caucasian 32-year-old man. Right. And when I put on 50 Cent 21 Questions, 
I start touching myself. Like <laughs> I, I get in front of the mirror and I like kind of like I puff up my shoulders a little bit. Right. To, I see to, you doing it. To now. emulate, I'm doing it right now as I'm I speaking. Can tell. That's probably why it's probably coming through in the microphone. Like yeah. I'm, like especially when the chorus hits, like girl, like I, you know, like I start touching my <laughs> non-existent abs and like flexing right. a little bit right. and like looking to the woman in my mind that I'm picturing mm-hmm. about and like trying to emulate thugdom. So. Right. That's why it's embarrassing. It's only that's a why it's pleasure. embarrassing on the bus when your earphone falls out and you're yeah, also making all those I'm moves. Yeah, because I'm jamming to this shit hard, and the person next to me is like, "Wow, this guy must be listening to like something I've never heard before." Because no one should be jamming to a song. And then the this earphone hard. falls out, and then they hear Fifty Cent Twenty One Questions, and they're like, "What is this guy doing?" Wow, this guy has the haircut of a clown and the composition <laughs> of a fairy, the physical composition of a fairy. Why is he listening to Twenty One Questions by Fifty Cent? Oh, well, that's good. I like that. That's and, very like the office, you know, the movie Office Space, the opening like on the highway for the driving part that I'm talking about, like totally. rolling the window up. That's when <laughs> when the Scarface track is playing. Yeah. 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 It's like the uh, 50 cent. Right it's there. very dude. It's very much the same thing. Also, there's a line about flipping burgers at Burger King in 50 cent. 21 questions. He's like asking the girl. You know, like, would you still love me if I flipped burgers at Burger King? But he actually drops Burger King, and that makes it almost unto itself a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> um, because no one should be dropping. Like, if you're going to drop a, a burger chain, like a fast food, you know, burger, drop the McDonald's. Don't yeah. go to Burger King. Don't. You don't, probably got paid to to specifically say that. I mean, and which also makes it that much more embarrassing that maybe someone like Fitty would take. Oh, they are, oh, big time, you know. It's probably good money. I mean, product placement is always great money, but when you're trying to be thug, you you like thugs don't fuck with product placement, Cam. I don't know. I, I respect it. It's just like I'm doing Burger King. Like he probably thought about that. He's like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm doing Burger and King." And who doesn't love their rectangular chicken sandwich? Let's be <laughs> real. Well, there you okay. go. All right, so moving on to number six, and this keeps very much in line with number seven, very much in line with 50 Cent, 21 Questions. Okay. I know every line of this song, it still makes me feel like I'm in the middle of a dance floor surrounded by people who only have missionary sex. Right. But also, I bang to the real shit. So number six, Guilty Pleasure, Will Smith getting jiggy with it. Oh, wow. Even Very to the, good. To the point where before we even thought of this list a couple of days ago, I was oh, listening to Big Willie's style as I was getting chores done around the house. Like I still <laughs> put on Big Willie's style and bang to it so hard. <laughs> on your mark, ready, so set, good. let's go. Dance full pro. I know you know. I go psycho win the new joint hit. Just can't sit. I'm not going to stop get, you. Okay, well, I had to. I'm sorry, just going to let you do the whole thing. Okay, I, I had to just to prove that I know it from start to finish. I believe you. Okay, good. I'm glad. And, and now you I mean, believe I, me I, even more. I definitely like getting jiggy with it. I mean, Big Willie Style was a huge album. It's I mean, not how many with singles? it. It's getting jiggy with it. I'm sorry. All right. I'm very white. <laughs> um, we're, we're both very white, which is why we should still listen to Big Willie Style. Because right. it's the whitest hip. I don't even want to call it hip hop. I can't believe I was even about to do that. Like, it's just as rap as Aaron Carter's career was rap. Right. And, but I mean, so many hits on that thing. 
Oh, dude, just the two of us getting jiggy with it. Miami. Miami. Dude. Also. I listened to Miami recently. I did not enjoy it. No, Miami sucks, which is why I didn't put it. I mean, it doesn't suck. It still bangs because I banged to the real shit. But um, even I saw that there was a re-release of Big Willie Style that's now on Spotify and Men in Black was included. That's so, not. That's supposed to be on. I believe that's supposed to be on Men in Black. Men in Black, the album. The, the album, which was featured in our episode five best soundtracks of all yeah. time, which I brought to the table. So this is the second bent. time you've brought Will Smith to a list. I'm really outing myself, aren't I? I have really bad taste in music. I um, mean, we obviously both do now. We've exposed ourselves. Yeah, no, completely so. And it so only gets it only gets worse from here. Are you ready for number five? Yeah, hit me. Okay, so strap on some finger symbols for this one. <laughs> because no one who looks exactly as I do should be so intimately feeling this track whilst listening to it alone. Uh-huh. Enrique Iglesias, Balemos. Oh, man. Dude, you know Balemos bangs. Don't even come at me. You know it rips. Big time. No, I am not saying anything Tonight against that song. we dance. Whoa. And no tomorrow. <laughs> it's so good. Let the rhythm I mean, take you over. Dude, call me the Blanco Flamenco Fuego, baby. Wow. Because... Also, this- interestingly enough... That song is featured, I only know this because a friend of mine has the Wild Wild West soundtrack yeah! on vinyl. That <laughs> oh, see, song okay. is on there Okay, so right after Wild Wild West by Will Smith. That's the first time I ever heard Balamos was wow. on the Wild Wild West soundtrack. Wow, there's a lot wow. of Will Smith going on yeah, in my there's life. There's so much there? Will Smith going on a in A lot life. of Will Smith. And I have to admit that Wicked Wicky Wow, Wicked Wow, Wicked Wicky Wow, Wow West, Jim West, Desperada, Rough Rada. No, no, you don't, don't want nada. None of this six oh, gunner, like, brother running this buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Um, okay, I'm going to stop right there. Wow. Uh, Balamos rips. And the first time I heard it on the Wild Wild West soundtrack, I knew that I was going to be a stripper. <laughs> I knew at that moment. That was the moment. In my very tender, impressionable age of like what? I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old, whatever. Uh, that I was going to be clapping my ass cheeks around a metal pole. And taking dollars from patrons, right? Um, it's got it's, that kind of, it's got that vibe. It'll, it still makes me feel that way. Right but on. again, so embarrassing that I have listened to Balamos. This list aside, at least ten times this year. <laughs> that is a lot. Why am I still listening to Enrique Iglesias Balamos? Like now, maybe no, it's just it just dude, reminds you of better times. It does, but no discredit to Enrique. Because, I mean, cor- how excited, I mean, we're, we're actually not that far apart in age. How excited were we to see Wild Wild West? Dude, Wild Wild West was, it was a, a cinematic huge movie, masterpiece. And it was yes. a total clunker piece of shit and totally unmemorable. And, and it was a real bummer. But it was supposed to be like as good as like a Jurassic Park or something. You know? as we were good all, and as children, like- so excited. There was the music coming out. Everything about Wild Wild West was exciting. It was supposed to be a reemergence of the Western genre, too. Right. Funny thing, and we're going to sidetrack here. This a is a bit. wild so- sidetrack. This has this, nothing to do, but I, I love it, it. Nothing to do with the list, but this is some funny shit, dude. Okay, so the guy who wrote Wild Wild West, and this is such an interesting tidbit that you'll never be able to tell anyone else ever again because it'll never naturally come up in conversation. The guy who <laughs> wrote. Surprised. 
Wild Wild West was late into his career. And by that, I mean he was late into his career with failures. Like he was pegged to write a screenplay of Dune when they were trying to do Dune uh, before Lynch did it. Um, and before, after Yordorowski tried to do it, right. he, he had tried, this guy who wrote, again, Wild Wild West, tried to write at least five scripts, sci-fi scripts, that never made it to the final phase. You know why? Why? Because in every script, he included, <laughs> fuck, it's hard to even say, he included a behemoth mechanical spider in every script that he brought to the table. Okay. Guess what made it into Wild Wild West finally? That spider? A huge fucking mechanical spider. Wow. So this dude tried his entire life to put his dream on the silver screen, which was a massive, monstrous mechanical spider. And finally, in a movie starring Kevin Kline and Will Smith, the directors were like, dude, this movie doesn't make any sense, so we're going to bring in the spider. Yeah. So interesting tidbit about Wild Wild West. I feel really nervous for people to hear that apparently I'm a massive Will Smith fan. Right. Yeah. It's it's as plain as day. You you haven't really dragged me through the mud at all over these choices. Are these tame? Are these tame? I mean, I feel like I'm making fun of you about how much Will Smith you like, but I guess let's move right along. Okay. That's good. Um, Number four, which is the one I sent you yesterday as I was compiling my list. Hell yeah. And I mean... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, it's hard for me to not laugh while I say this because I might be joking, but I might not. But this song made You're not. me want this song made me want to be a bass player. Wow, that's that's um, shock. That's what a way to preface this song. And I don't know if I mean that or not. I'm gonna leave that open to I interpretation. I don't know what you mean by that, but I'll have to um, listen to this song. Well, because the fact is, is that there's really the only bass in this is like club bass. It's yeah, all synth totally. bass. Um, and it's all root notes, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't even feel like I'm gonna elaborate on that. I wish I wouldn't have said it, but nothing. No, about I like the, that. That's the nothing best thing about this said. song should ever be taken seriously, especially the '90s club beat. The extra bongo percussion is enough to make you feel like there's a dark secret you should never tell anyone, and that <laughs> is Jennifer Lopez's "Waiting for Tonight." Oh yeah, dude, it's a big hit. It's and I never thought it. I mean, I shouldn't be singing all of these, but it makes me that when I when I put on that song, <laughs> such a it, funny funny inclusion of this this list. It's so it, good. It just it makes me want to rub Ben Gay all over my body and like slip inside, slip and slide like down a a, a craggy mountain and just <laughs> not feel anything but pure elation right. because my body is numb to the outside influence of this cruel world that is trying to drag us down at every turn and around every corner and when I'm not I put gonna lie on, to you I'm gonna listen to this song as soon as we're done here because dude, I haven't listened to it in forever it bangs so hard like and this was obviously off of her her debut record mm-hmm. uh, and care you know the say what you one. will about JLo she can sing she can't sing it's really up for debate but waiting for tonight, <laughs> is one of those songs that it doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter if you're punk, if you're metal, if you're G-rap, it doesn't fucking matter. You put on Waiting for Tonight <laughs> and all of a sudden you just want to frolic, dude. You just yeah. want to you want to get out there and you want to wait for that night. You know, like So why is the where's the guilt in this one? 
The guilt is that it's a Jennifer Lopez song from early <laughs> in her career that I've been listening to since it came out. Like, I would never... Well, like, let's say, like uh, I'm going to drop it again. As Bunny was saying, you really, anything that comes off TRL could be put in this list. Considered a guilty pleasure. And the that's fact- very true. Like, when I thought about TRL, there were so many things that I could think of. And this would be one of them that I remember seeing on TRL that later maybe is a guilty pleasure. These things, most of these songs for me, they're only a guilty pleasure because I have continued to listen to them unsolicited. Just <laughs> just like, hey, it's 145 on a Wednesday afternoon. Gee, maybe I should ingest some music. Fuck it. Let's put on Jennifer Lopez waiting for tonight. Like as opposed to going to some records that have crafted or inspired me in my own artisms in life, I will legitimately put on Waiting for Tonight and just air hump for like, you know, a solid four minutes. That's I'll def- why I'm- I'll defend to death you're right to do it. Thanks, dude. But that's why these it. a lot of these are guilty pleasures to me. Also, I keep going back to being on the bus and an earbud falling out. Like, right. and picture just, that. Just rocking that J-Lo. Just fucking waiting for tonight. Just like ready to go. Um, I think that might actually be a pickup line. Like, the what you you think that if I was sitting next to an attractive single woman, right? If she I think heard that's me, that's kind of cute. That earphone falls out and you're listening to G- early J Lo. I think dude, that's kind of cute. I don't know what fucking world you live in, or maybe it's just because you've been married to Bunny for so long, but shit doesn't work like that anymore, bro. You <laughs> don't not. like, you don't, you, you, let's say you're on a first date with someone. You definitely don't bring up the fact that you, you sincerely entertain the thought of listening to waiting for tonight. <laughs> maybe okay. not. I don't know. I'm going to move on, on because this is actually, this is, this might be the most embarrassing one for me. And Actually, no, it's number, not. This is, is my second. Three? This is number three. But we're in the top three now. Two of these are really embarrassing, this one included. But I think a lot of people are going to be a little confused as to why this is in the number three slot or why it's even on my list at all. Okay. But I fucking hate Van Halen. Okay. I hate Van Halen. I've I, never liked I'm Van Halen. I'm not a Halen. huge fan. Not a huge fan, yeah. I've never... It's just... It, if you want to bench press in your garage while, you know, touting your cut-off sleeve Ario Speedwagon shirt, by all means, but you know Van Halen is playing over that loudspeaker. Right. I, I like no, nothing about Van Halen. Not and, and not even Roth or Hagar. I think it's all masturbatory wank fests and this song is no different, and that's Hot for Teacher. Oh, God. You love that song? I love that's like Hot such, for Teacher. Such a, like a strip club trash song. That's what I'm saying, and especially hating Van Halen. Out of all the songs I could have picked to be I do like pleasure. I do like the drums on that song. I mean, the well, drums dude, are incredible. Well, dude, it starts with a 30-second drum intro. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> And and it, it see it is dope and it obviously emulates the revving of an engine and the second you hear that, you're like oh shit I'm ready to go. I feel like True, a lot yeah. of these I might mean, be guilty pleasures for me too because I could strip to a number of these songs. Right. I think yeah your guilty pleasures are these songs that you desperately want to strip to. Should I? That's a common theme in all of these. Are we uncovering? A secret desire of mine. I feel like you've said it. You've mentioned it several times. I feel like you want to strip. Is there a place where I could go? Not right now. 
Okay. <laughs> You're gonna have to be. The, out of all the, the 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 dirty things you can't touch right now, a stripper right. pole is one of them. Correct. I mean, you're gonna have to be a, a cam a cam girl. You're gonna cowgirls, cam girls, cam girls. Right. Yeah. And we've also talked about that. If you and I were to ever do a cowgirls record together, we're calling it cam girls. It's a great name. It I'm is sure. a great name. Um, yeah. but that uh, I'm sure there's a lot of bros out there if they are listening to this like what the fuck Al what's wrong with Van Halen everything about Van Halen is cheesy to me yeah. all the moaning and interstitial skits and like all of these it's just nothing about it's like I way think it's too, cheesy to be that good at guitar it is cheesy to be that good at guitar and like, also the it, like you go from like bad good kind of genius cheesy straight cheesy right and i think it like i am not a testosterone fueled hot dog so whenever i hear van halen i think oh my god the like the abundant machismo in this song is enough to turn me off from van halen for the rest of my life right totally um so that's why van halen's hot for teacher is at my number three slot but i respect that shit on but it's um, not a terrible song, but it's kind of, yeah, I get it. It's it's, it's a, just because I hate Van Halen. That's why it's a guilty pleasure for right. me. Because it's the that one song, song that I'll you like by to. an artist you don't typically right. enjoy. I get it. No. Yes, not at all. Okay, now that we're there, number two is only, well, I guess it's embarrassing for a lot of different reasons. Again, maybe most embarrassing because I still listen to it uh, on a pretty frequent nature. It makes me want to throw on a pair of snowboarding goggles and head to a rave in the middle of the desert still. Um, and that is Alice DJ Better Off Alone. I do not know this song. Do you think you're better off? You've never heard Alice DJ Better Off Alone? I probably have. I'm just not familiar right now. Dude, it's a 90s like trance club beat. With okay. just the refrain of "Do you think you're better off alone?" happening over this, you've 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 heard. Whoa, you've really escaped this your entire life. No, there's no way. I'm sure I've heard. I just I just am not familiar with it based off your own your singing. And the well, name you're is gonna familiar. have to listen to it because okay. it it will change your life. Um, and it's only really embarrassing to me. I know everyone out there listening right now knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> so for someone who writes music such as I do. A massive club hit like this should serve as like an antithesis for all that I aspire to accomplish. Okay. But it still elicits a response, and I find that to be wildly embarrassing because it really <laughs> is just like a kind of yeah, thing. That early 90s like trance, like real McCoy's style feeling. Precisely. And as soon as we're done with this and you listen to this, you're going to know exactly what song it is, and you're going to text me and say, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay, good. Well, at least we'll have some stuff for after this where I can still berate you. Well, I really hope you know my number one so I can get this off my chest. Uh, I, I hope so. I can't wait. I have made multiple jokes about this song to friends um, to cover up the fact that it, it that it is in fact a piece that moves me okay um this is rough and i feel like if a lot of my friends are listening right now and they hear me say this i'm never going to live it down because i do talk shit on this song so much again to cover up the fact that, that it you actu- love it that it lives in my heart um wow should i do this I mean, I did, I did all mine. I feel 
feel I don't feel better, so just don't don't think you're gonna feel better. I'm gonna I'm gonna sing you a line that repeats in the song and see if you know it off the top of your head. You ready? Okay. I can't take my eyes off of you. I can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, I know that song. Um Damien Rice, the blower's daughter. Ooh. Oh yeah, I I've I'm familiar with that song. What do you like about that song? You know why you're familiar with it? Because it was the trailer centerfold and subsequently on the soundtrack for that movie about adultery named Closer. Okay. Do you remember, yeah, yeah, do you remember, remember Closer? That. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I believe it also had a prominent feature in Josh Hartnett's Wicker Park. Oh, God. Um, These are some- wow. Am I really? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Let's yeah. forget I just said that. Um, what do a, you, what, what do you like? What do you, what do you, I'm, I'm very confused. I don't like anything about this song. That's why it's a guilty pleasure. It is one of the most annoying earworms I've ever heard. It's a desperately romantic Ew, tune. I don't want to hear that song at all. Dude, it's overwrought with cliches and visions of back to adultery, adulterous failures. And like the the chord changes in it are for a campfire scientist. You know what I mean? He's playing like all these weird diminished things and like it doesn't really make sense. And the whole thing (laughs) is just such a cliche. And it's like it's grown to be so large in my life because I'll be any I'll be at the grocery store. Um, was it, was be, it something you made fun of forever, and then you're like, "Shit, I kind of like it." That's exactly what it was. Yeah, those and are my, those I, are always my worst too. I was in a group called the Dead Ships. You remember the ships, of course. And, and Devlin, the lead singer. Yeah, Devlin and I on tour would talk endless amounts of smack about this song, and <laughs> we'd both exchange lines, especially at sound check and whatnot. Ha ha, funny, funny, funny. Right, right. But I would go then. I would go and turn my back and listen to the song sincerely. <laughs> so it's been a closeted thing for me for a while. I really wish wow. I would have picked a different number one. I was about to pick Cher's Life After Love. Oh, my God. That's such a horrible and perfect guilty pleasure song. Because it's a banger, dude. It you is know a, banger. a banger. I mean, but no, that that she did it wrong at that time. You know what I mean? Like, because Madonna, Ray of Light, that was the right way to approach that turn of the century. Absolutely. Drama and electro influence and and live or yeah and shares version is just just annoying either way i felt like i would have been really ashamed to pick a number one slot and you're not reacting so much which is a good thing i mean that's a pretty fucking stupid song it is a dumb song <laughs> why do i listen to I'm it i'm pretty disappointed I, I don't think i react the same way you i'm 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 not mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> You know what, Cam? I have a stepfather in my life, so I'm very familiar with that feeling. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Damien Rice? Is that the name? I That's know. Oh, man. I, I know. I know. I know. And it, it's not it even was like, fun. Like, it's not even fun to hit you with this one. You know? it's, it's not. Just, and that actually, this that record came out. So I only did freshman year of high school before I dropped out. And the freshman year of high school that, that I'm referring to was 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 a an incubator for a lot of this bullshit like jack johnson's brushfire fairy tales oh, came out at the same time Jesus. damien right damien rice put out this record which is just called o oh. so at that time being you know the horny 12 you're a ben folds guy big time too huh? no never was a ben folds guy which doesn't make sense because i've listened to shit weaker than ben folds <laughs> right. but at that time i think i was trying to assimilate 
so I could like, you know, I bought a pair of rainbow sandals mm-hmm. and I bought oh, Jack Johnson's brush fire fairy tales and I bought oh. Damien Rice's. Oh, I know, dude, this, see, this is actually the real see, embarrassing part. About yeah, this, this is tough, man. I know it's tough. Hey, dude. At least I didn't say Orgy's cover of Blue Monday is better than the original. Well, anyway, and- so I'm looking for a new co-host on this show. So anybody <laughs> listen, any listeners out there know a, Dude, know a pretty funny co-host. What do you expect of me? That I didn't was- listen to Damien Rice and Jack Johnson Cam, in, his, brother, in his dorm room. I was his, coming into kicking my off sexuality. His rainbow, kicking off his rainbow I'll- flip-flops and playing oh, his, brother, his acoustic how- ditties. Okay, so now the floodgates open. What'd you, have in your, just- what'd you have in your cargo pants during those times? You know, I was I was over the cargo pants by that time. Okay, but if you must sorry, know, cargo zip off shorts. I probably had a compass in there somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. That you never needed. No, no. That uh, the only compass that I need is thine own, and it points true south all the time. Especially right now. Apparently, it feeling... continues to point towards that Damien Rice song. Wow. Okay. There, have so I ripped I, on you enough? Are you, are you yeah, satisfied? Okay. So I wanted you to rip on me, and now I'm now, now I'm, I'm sorely regretting opening the doors and inviting you to rip on me. This is the worst um, list ever, by the way. This has done nothing <laughs> for us. We have just made ourselves both feel terrible. If we had thirty listeners before this, we now have seventeen. Yeah, definitely. This is the easily. This is just um, rough. But on that note, now that we've reached the end of this yes, really embarrassing list, if you guys are listening and you're friends with Cam and I on the interwebs, please hit us up and make us feel better about some yeah. of these selections. If you feel at all inclined to any of these songs that we feel so ashamed about, please, for the love of God, give us some type of pardoning. If or you just will. rip on us if you want to. Or just rip on us. Although I'm feeling really sad about how you just ripped on me for my right. rainbow sandals. Well, we both we both got taken down a peg. I think I think we're on the same level. I can't take my eyes uh-huh. off of you. Ugh. <laughs> well, now that every all our listeners are so in love with everything we just said with that great list, if you like us, we do have a Patreon. The Patreon.com no slash the GoPrate. Dude, no one's donating. Is that to the us. perfect time to, to pitch our Patreon after we give really? the worst twenty songs you'll ever that you remember and you can't escape? There's no way anyone is going to be giving us any money. They're like, that. Yeah, you keep talking about the worst songs forever. <laughs> and you know what's hard is we keep we keep setting the bar. Like last episode, we had the most rip in Podfest ever totally. known to mankind. It's awesome. This episode, we've completely bare-assed ourselves. It's embarrassing. Where do we go from here? I don't know. Somewhere more in the middle, I feel like. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it is your side yeah. next episode. So We're please gonna... try to... Please try to rein us in. Yeah. Bring us back to the land already, of the living. I already know the list for next time, so... It'll be a little bit tamer. Don't say tame anymore. We can't say tame. It's Dude, tame. are you going to see tame? Is there a tame live stream? Well, Cam, go ahead and plug that Patreon again, even though no Our one is Patreon is, of course, patreon.com slash the goat parade. And we're here for you every two weeks. You know, we're getting, we're all getting through this. We're all getting through it, uh, even with great amounts of self-shaming. Yep. Maybe even more so because of that. Now our self-deprecation um, makes a little more sense. Yeah, right? It all fits into the category of, I'm not going to tell anyone anything real about me. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And on that on that note of donating, I know at the end of every episode we've been you know doing our best to plug um, as many worthy causes as we can. Um, I found one yesterday uh, by the graces of a, a, a mutual friend of mine. His name is Luke Burba. Um, he runs sound at the Troubadour. And he posted something on his Instagram story because the Troubadour is in danger of closing, Ooh, which is the best incredible. Venue. It's the best venue in LA. It's the best and most influential venue possibly in Southern California, maybe even the States. I mean, it's from, from, you know, it launching Elton John's career and like, it's just, there, there's so many things uh, about the Troubadour and about venues it's, as such. It's my that favorite, are, definitely my favorite place to play that I've and, ever played. In LA. And it's, and it, me too. And it's endangered. Um, so there is a company, there is an organization that's been put together. It's called Neva National Independent Venue Association. And its goal is to secure financial support to preserve the national ecosystem of independent venues and promoters. Um, and a lot of people, you know, obviously music dominates, you know, the soundtrack of our lives. And a lot of people use music, even live music is just something to do. But it's it's a little more dire than that right now. Right. Um, and there was even just to like hit some references. There was a 2017 study done by the National Endowment for the Arts. And it quotes as such, the value added by arts and culture to the U.S. economy is five times greater than the value from the agricultural sector. Wow. How fucking insane is that? That is crazy. Also, Polestar just put out a figure. Venues are forecast to lose up to $8.9 billion of revenue if the rest of just 2020 were to remain dark. Jesus. Dude, how grim is that? Yeah, that's, and, that's I mean, that's unescapable for a lot of places, especially smaller scale. Completely. And a lot of these venues are already closing. Yeah, um, and then true. and another 2017 poll done by the Arts and Cultural Production Satellite Account says that arts and culture con- contributed alone $877.8 billion and or 4.5% to the nation's gross domestic product in 2017. Wow. Dude, that's almost... A trillion dollars. Jesus. Yeah. How I mean, ins- how insane is that to think about? I mean, that's so, all just gone. In an you know, as, as for people like you and I, retired musicians who still gig, as we're scared that we don't know, you know, in the uncertainty of returning to any stage, um, especially locally, the listener out there should also be very scared that might, they might not have a place to go anymore and if you do have a place to go it's only going to be the live nations and the aegs and the big dick money out there that won't be able to showcase your favorite up-and-coming artists because they don't have the social or internet stats that would afford them a slot at those bigger venues right so it's important to save the smaller stages big time so that's why i'm that's why i'm plugging neva again the national independent venue association you can find them at www.in N-I-V-A-S-S-O-C dot org. And you can uh, donate and then hashtag your donation, hashtag save our stages, because that's what's happening right now. And it is a, it's, it's hard to, to, to overstate this right. because 
it's it is such a massive thing. If you think you only like music just because it's there for you when you need it, think about the time when you're even after all this lifts, you can't go to your local venue because it closed six, eight months ago, a year ago, two years ago, and you're stuck watching streams on your couch even after all of this is said yeah, and done. That's, Let's fucking uh, not do that because that sounds Dude, that sounds Orwellian. Like that right. sounds really, really frightening to it be is. stuck in such a position like that. But that's great. So, I, I had no idea about that. That's, that's thank you for bringing that to the table. I didn't either until I saw this, and it like after I saw those numbers, after I saw it's terrifying stuff. Dude, it is really scary. And again, not just for musicians. Um, and I know the average music listener doesn't really see what's happening behind the curtain right now, but it is fucking frightening. So, and, and obviously money's tight for everyone, but do what you can to support, support Neva, go on Bandcamp. uh, you know, give to your artists that you love that actually have, you know, a beautiful mainstay or commonplace in your life. Um, Big time. Because we're, we're approaching and in the middle of, um, a time where we don't know what the landscape is going to look like after all of this is said and done. Um, and it will be post post-apocalyptic for the music industry. The venues were the first to close and they're going to be the last to reopen. Right. So just think about what live music means to you and, and hunt around for, you know, a cause that you feel is worthy. I think anything helps a dollar, $5, $10, a hundred dollars, whatever it all adds up. Um, because we still want to be here for you. The venue still want to be here for you. Music still wants to be here for you. So, wow. Now that I brought well, everything down <laughs> to a realistic shittiness yeah. after, uh, after such a, a, a foray into our guilty pleasures. We had our LARFs. We did have our LARFs. Um, yes. Well, thank you for having LARFs again with me here. Yeah. No, Cam, you know. I don't know if we're still going to be friends after this. Hopefully, we can still be coworkers. Right? There'll be it'll be a it'll be a slow transition back into friendship. I imagine it's going to be strange. Yeah. Um, it it it'll definitely be strange. It, it this feels like the equivalent to like us hanging out in a new friendship, you and I, and then I go in for a kiss. Right. And I'm like, what in the hell? What the fuck, bro? Yeah, bro, we're friends, bro. And Dude, then you I just said we were coming over here to listen to Tame. <laughs> I think I think quote unquote straight dudes who listen to Tame together definitely end up making out by the end big of their time session. Big Yo, time, you know that happens. You know that happens. <laughs> oh, well, Cam, this has been you. enlightening to say the least. Yeah, dude. it's been weird. It's been fun. I miss you, and I I can't mean that as much as I do. And I can't believe it's been two months since I've seen your face. Wow, that's really heartbreaking to think about. Um, it's all right. We got this. We're we're still we're still strong. Still strong, Daddy. Um, give my love to Bunny, and we'll be back very soon we'll for episode eight. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Go Parade out. <laughs>